When the crowd suddenly gets loud, that's a pop. But when you sucker punch a young buck after using your dog as a decoy, that's a monster pop. Yo, everyone is again de-straight. And wow, what a week. And who would I bring into this week other than Doctor of Destruction, PhD, actual doctor, the head of the fucking class. What is up, dude? Man, it's, it is a wild week, and I am looking forward into diving into it with you guys. You're a full-time teacher now, huh? Right? Well, I mean, my pay is not full-time, but <laughs> I am teaching, yes. That's good. You got your own class now. Just skim off the top, my friend. You know, sell some uh, 4.0s. <laughs> Go to the students' lockers while like with while they're at lunch and steal money out of their fucking wallets. They don't have lockers. Well, I mean, there's lockers. They're the lockers. This, this is college, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go into their fucking gym lockers and read it. Yeah, that's a good. I think that's a good career move. All right. Speaking of good career moves, we're going to be talking a lot about that today with former professional wrestler, which megastar and Mike Licker. Reclaim Joey, what's up? Do you- <laughs> I want to start doing some mic licking for real. Some real okay. AMS- ASMR. No, I just want to do like like ASMR of like stuff that just women want to hear. You know, like I want to hear Mike's like like um oh don't worry. Yeah. Like don't worry, honey. I'll do the dishes tonight. Stuff like that. Okay. Um like you just you just oh, sit there man. and put your feet up and watch Grey's Anatomy. We can change the format of the show and you can read the news. You can whisper. Yeah. Whisper. CM Punk is a fucking bitch mark you want some hand sounds yeah <laughs> oh, oh, sorry well yeah sorry you know i that. think you know speaking of the news i mean we should probably just get right into it the hottest news story that everyone uh wants us to talk about and that's uh rg1 pickham's results yes i think that's that's i've heard a lot i've read a lot about this and uh in fact it was mentioned in the scrum obviously so what's happening man yeah the g1 pickham's results uh so uh-oh as as predicted no Davey won. I think mm. got a solid what twenty second or what was I can't remember exactly what position you were, but you won. Uh, you were in. Uh, you were placed very highly. Yeah. Well, basically, I got a top twenty five finish in the G one yeah. pickums, you... which springboards me into title legitimate. Well, le- <laughs> legitimate status as a professional wrestling journalist and impresario. I mean, I don't think there's any question that. Know, now I bring legitimacy to this show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're part of that Gato hive mind. It's just, you know, there's you only didn't get number one because there's a little bit of that uh, interference oh my across God. the globe. But. Dude, you mentioned that, and I've been getting international calls, and I, I looked up the country code, and it's <laughs> Japan. It's Ishii. I didn't even think about that. Like, clearly, like, I'm going to probably be, you know, in on the booking decisions, New Japan going forward. If if I haven't, you know, gone past that window, I need to call I need to call him back. He's right. like, like thanks for believing in me. <laughs> he, he's the one who wants you in on the booking decisions. Like he's like, fuck. I'll never Honestly, get a break yeah. in this company. Dude, I would put him right over and I would just say, trust me on this one. It's gonna be big gate. What about you guys? How'd you do? Well uh, I don't remember my exact position, but I got second place, which means I was last. I went from last last year. I won. This year, I am dead last. Actually, I don't say dead last. We're, are we still close? Like, I don't even know. Uh, I mean, I, I was like one seventy something. You were like two ten, two twenty ish. Okay. Wait, how many people did this? Like six hundred or so. Yeah. Was it that many? Okay, it was a lot. Um, six hundred. But okay, so we all finished in the top half. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. I I had, I came, I came back in a big way. 
like towards the end and I was ahead of EOD by just a few spaces. Yeah, and then I fell right at the end. So I'm really far down. So that means I have to buy the shirt for the winner, which is Davey. But the caveat is that it has to be a really shitty wrestling shirt. And Dave has to take a picture in it. That's just how we do it. And we've been looking at really shitty wrestling shirts. And Davey doesn't want to admit which ones are bad. They're all awesome. They're, like I would. You're lying. You're lying. He's gonna say that they're all awesome, just so like we don't know which one to pick. So hopefully we'll pick like a good one. But yeah, like um, and no, you you'll have to buy your own Scissor Me Daddy ass because you want that shirt so bad already. No, that one's terrible. See, no, like, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 yeah, also, you got to put your money where your mouth is. You said that you wanted that shirt. You've said it many times on the show, and now they have the shirt. You got us. You got a chance to get it, so now you got to get it, man. If you don't get it, everybody's going to think you're a liar. I'm going to put it on my Amazon wish list and see if any of my simps, now that I'm a top 25 guy <laughs> in, in the world of pro, pro wrestling, I'm, I'm sure that comes with simps. So I'll I'll create a list for them, see if one of them sends it my way. Yeah. This is a podcast, so we don't have any like visuals to show this. This would have been this would have made a great live episode, honestly, because of yeah. everything and that's going on. Plus, you can on. see my huge tits. <laughs> But like, there's like all these really bad wrestling shirts that we've been sharing in the in our in the Monster Pop Discord that are just fucking hilarious. I seriously like get a lot of fucking time laughing at all of them and looking looking them up and stuff like that. But we've been spamming them. There's been some really good ones. But like describing them, I don't know how well that would do. But there's one that's like right on. Uh, it's a new AEW shirt. I think it's really weird. It's this FaceTime with Brian Danielson. FaceTime. Yeah, the one that's just like a picture of his face. Weird. It's just a square like picture of him. It's so weird. <laughs> I mean, it goes. That is such a weird shirt to green light, and it goes back to my theory that pro wrestling shirts are the absolute worst. I think NASCAR shirts are are probably you know <laughs> batting at a higher average than pro wrestling. Well, shirts. you're 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 in luck because there's a Sting shirt that looks like a NASCAR shirt. There's also that Taz shirt with the fucking NASCAR on it. <laughs> oh my god! Fuck yeah! But Fuck yeah. honestly, though, I think I think I might try to find a vintage Joker Sting shirt from TNA. I think that would be the <laughs> that's the one. I think <laughs> vintage Joker Sting. Yeah, I'm gonna wear that up to the uh, local Walmart and hang out by the trash can. What's begging for a Monster Energy? Drink. What's worse, wearing a Joker Sting shirt, that particular one with his giant face on it, doing the face? Or like just just a regular normal run of the mill Juggalo t shirt. Man, I I think the Juggalo shirt is worse. Okay. Yeah. So if you could find a wrestling Juggalo uh, shirt, that'd probably you, be the one I didn't want to wear the we most. We probably, <laughs> honestly, we probably could. That's the thing. They don't they have like a they have a wrestling promotion, and we know that they've uh, yeah. been in you know they've been involved in wrestling before. <laughs> okay. We could um, we might I be able to find counts. a wrestling. Yeah, we might be able to find an ICP wrestling shirt. <laughs> so uh our next news story uh check our uh discord chat uh there, there's a new update uh-oh <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no oh, way shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's loading for so me. the story question wrestling observer <laughs> radio oh. Punk might be hurt again <laughs> Oh my god. Dave says there's talk about Punk possibly being hurt again. It's been speculated that Punk possibly tore his pec or injured something having to do with his bicep shoulder in the backstage altercation. 
You're kidding. Please tell me it happened in the altercation and not in the match. Holy oh fuck. Oh my God. Please dude. tell me this motherfucker threw his fucking shoulder or fucking tore a peck throwing that fucking sucker punch. We're, we're bearing the lead with this, but I don't know that it was a sucker punch. I just I just get sucker oh punch vibes God. from this. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, so, well, that just add, that adds a new wrinkle. That adds a wonderful new wrinkle. Yeah, yeah. God, I, so I just hope. Let's that, not, yeah, let's get right into the news here. This is this has been an absolutely fucking insane week uh, for, for pro wrestling. For like same day, week, month, whatever you want to say. Just all this weird work shoot stuff. If it's even work shoot, um, all this backstage drama in AEW, and then of course the actual episodes and the pay per view that was pretty fucking good. You know, all this happening overshadowed it's, yeah, it's by it's overshadowed by all of everything that's been happening um outside of the ring. Man, so should we get into that? Is Punk really a cancer to any locker room that he's in? Uh, so it would seem. So we open up with the uh, post pay per view media scrum where strangely Punk's out there first. You, I don't think he's usually like the first guy there, like the champ. I don't think he's usually the first one there with Tony, but. He kind of just goes around like saying, "Oh, do you all, do all you guys consider yourselves journalists?" Um, and singles that one guy. He's like, "You do improv, right?" He's like, "Who do you do improv with?" And he's like, "Scott Colton." He's like, "Yeah, would you consider him a friend?" And it's just super confrontational, just as an excuse yeah. to talk about Colt Cabana. Or yeah, Scott Colton, his, you know, he brought name. it up. So like he he wins the he wins the world championship. Spoiler alert uh, at the pay per view. And I know we're getting out of order here because we're reviewing the show. But is he is he holding the belt there at the scrum? I can't remember. I think so. Oh, the belt's yeah. off to the side. Uh, yeah, okay, it's okay. there. So it's in front of Tony. Been, but yeah, been, it's there. Been way funnier yeah. if he had it hoisted over his shoulder. So he time. goes <laughs> he goes in there and he goes on this fucking tirade, just talking about real personal stuff about Colt Cabana, talking about how much of a piece of shit he thinks he is. He's the one that brought it up. Nobody asked about it. Um, he's just going off. Poor Cole. And he's well, the victim okay. because he has to talk about it. Yeah, this. like, okay, listen, listen, listen. There has been, even though no one asked about it during the scrum yet, there's been a lot of questions about it. And the Adam Page comment, that, or, or it was kind of a vague reference, but I think the world at large, the wrestling world at large. We already knew. Uh, was, was, yeah, led to believe that it was about Cabana, and it came out it was about Cabana. And so... For whatever reason, he chooses this time to bring it up, and it's clear that that was his agenda, bring it up and get it out there. Instead of just saying, hey, listen, that's somebody I used to be friends with and I'm not friends with anymore. A lot of stuff happened. Some of it, you know, you may know about, and other stuff you may not know about. But, yo, that's my personal shit. So, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Let's let's talk about fucking professional But nobody even asks. They had a chance to ask him like before they've had it they've had they yeah have oppor- they've had opportunities to ask him and also shame on these fucking journalists for not being like okay if that's not the re if you're not the reason why colts hasn't been on tv why not ask about it why not be like okay so why hasn't colt been on tv what's the deal you know and they yeah. keep saying like oh that's not the reason why colt's been off tv so what is the reason can you ask can you, can, like are you not allowed to ask why are wrestling journalists so shitty at their job except for like one or two of them so I think they have I think they have asked that before. In fairness, it just wasn't. We we're, we're not like watching all the scrums and stuff. Yeah. I know it's come up. God, before. I wish I could be in that room, dude. I would not mark out for Punk. I would fucking start asking the hard questions. I would do it. I'd fucking be like, "Yo, dude, 
Why, well, why don't we? Yeah. I would love to hear from Colt. Like I would fucking call that out in the fucking room, even if I wasn't out of turn. I would fucking love to be in that fucking room, dude. Why is CM Punk being such a bitch about all of this? But the thing is that that's that's the craziest is that Colt Cabana hasn't said anything, nothing. He hasn't said anything about. He hasn't even said about anything about the falling out. That all came out elsewhere. He doesn't talk about it on his Twitch channel. He doesn't talk about it on his podcast. He doesn't talk about it every chance he gets to do media. He's booked all over places. He's not He's not talking about it to people that come up to his merch table. He doesn't talk about it. And yet CM Punk feels the need to fucking say all this personal shit about him. And then even like goes as far as the like call out that he has a bank account with his mom, which is really weird. And like, we don't know the fucking details on that. What if Colt Cabana is like, either he's struggling or he's helping his mom, which both are fine. I think the implication, granted, it's not how Punk came across, but the implication was that he might have been like, because they would, it, would, it came through in discovery of that lawsuit. So he was suggesting that he might have been like funneling money to that account. But the way he words it, right? He's like, oh, he shares a bank account with his mom, tells you the kind of guy he is. Yeah, what does that even like, mean? Usually, like, anyone that I know that's, like, an adult that is, like, has a shared bank account with their mom is usually to support their mom, especially with yeah. someone who's, you know, I, I'm not saying, I mean, Colt's obviously not nearly as well off as Punk, but he's, you know, doing okay for himself and was doing okay for himself. It's not very Punk Rock to do what he did, and CM Punk is a fucking I, and, bitch. Well, he mentions his mom by name in the media scrum. He's like, old Martha or whatever. That's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, that's doxing. Don't do that That's shit. fucking doxing. In a way. And and I think that what he was saying was that during the course of litigation that they discovered his bank account was being shared by his mom. And that changed things because, quote unquote, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Colt was punk was paying his bills. And he kept mentioning he was paying all of his bills, which... Dude, I'm not sure how true that is and how far I that think he reached means, and if that was I just think, legal bills. I think he meant legal bills. He was talking about Yeah, legal but bills. he was saying, I was paying all of his bills until I was. He didn't really make it implicit that it was just his legal bills. He made it seem like he was paying everything, and then he found out he was sharing a bank account with his mom. So, in essence, he was paying his mom's bills, too. Uh, I guess that's what he was trying to say, but... He knows how that comes off and how that's meant to embarrass him. And then mentioning his mom's name, it's fucked up. Like, yeah. And again, I understand him wanting to address it because it's not only been wrestling journalists that talk about it. It was the Adam Page thing, and it was the constant mentions of it online by Smarks and stuff, right? So I understand him wanting to just fucking guide it right there and get it out of the way. But the way he did it was a total bitch-ass move. And you're taking a chance to like as a top guy to bury this dude. Yeah, he mentioned that Cole Cabana never wanted to see Punk reach the top. And yeah, I was like, what? You know, he he was gonna take Colt. He wanted to take Colt to the top with him, but the problem was Colt didn't want him, didn't want CM Punk to be there. That's like that's like the I only really hear that out of narcissists. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, you don't even if somebody really thinks that like okay give us a give us a fucking reason did you find a secret fucking message he sent where he said I just can't stand seeing this guy succeed it should be me <laughs> like did said, you see that he also said nobody he said he said uh he said the the two people that have made the most money off of a CM Punk name is number one Vince McMahon and number two Scott Colton yeah he told Tony that he hadn't reached there yet and, t- and Tony just had like this weird look when he was talking about it like he's like damn like. How much money is Colt made off of him? Listen, when when Punk did his show, 
it was huge for Cabana. All right, but well, I mean, also like the, okay. So w- another thing that happened w- during when a lot of people forget this, and and Punk conveniently doesn't mention it when that episode of his podcast came out. Yeah, it was big for him, right? But whenever he got they got threatened by WWE, Colt Cabana wanted to take the episode down because they did like a cease and desist. The reason why CM Punk decided to pay his bills is because he was like, no, nah, fuck that, keep it up. Keep 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 the podcast up. I'll pay for everything. You know, I'll pay for the fucking like court. The reason why it went to court is because CM Punk wanted it to. Colt didn't want that. He was kind of like, fuck, like, I guess we'll go through this. I guess we'll do it then. And so, man, fuck CM Punk, dude. Like, god damn. He also mentions that he hasn't been friends with them since 2014, late 2013. But the podcast episode in question was October 2014. So it was late 2014. Mm-hmm. And presumably, unless the friendship was over before then, and if it was, why do a show? Right. And yeah. did it fall apart the day after? Or like they didn't even head into litigation until 2015, where the shit really hit the fan between them in terms of their, you know, legal falling out. I think he just got that detail wrong. I just really wish we could hear from Colt Cabana. I, w- I want to hear what he has to say. Yeah, like, I mean, like, does he have an NDA or something? It seems unlikely that, like, he has an NDA where, like, the other party can just, like, talk shit about him whenever he so desires i mean you think yeah. they violate any terms of agreement but yeah i mean it's it's really wild and you know we, we mentioned like the hangman thing and there's a few things i've been thinking about that but like punk like goes out of his way to like bury hangman and the thing is too is like every question that he gets asked in the scrum up until like near the end he brings back to cult and and hangman and the elite and talks about how much he hates them, basically. And, like, uh, uh, Hangman, he calls, like, an empty-headed fucking idiot or something for, like, making that comment. Which, it's, like, ridiculous, too. That promo was in May. I'm pretty sure most people forgot about it until all this stuff happened. Yeah, and, you know, like we like we talked about in the past, we had an episode named after it. The Barbara Streisand effect. Like, nobody fucking thought anything of it except for being a promo until he bitched about it. Well, and, like, every other promo, like, alluded to stuff anyways. Right, yeah. like Eddie Kingston stuff, MJF mm-hmm. stuff. It all alluded. Nobody to like, wants you here. Yeah, yeah why is he honing in on Hangman? Yeah, um, but apparently another one, another reason for Hangman was uh, there was this interview where someone had asked Hangman, like, "Oh, like you know, you got like vets like CM Punk and Sting in the back. Like, do you go to them for advice and whatnot?" And he's like, "You know, not really. You know, I'll listen to what they have to say, but you know, I kind of prefer to you know you know go my own path and like trial and error and stuff like that." And like I, I don't. I mean, it seemed like it was like half which, a character. Yeah, which is kind of like shitty if that's true. Like you don't take advice from the vets. Like what? He's no. He didn't say he didn't take advice from. Him. He said he doesn't go to them. He uh-huh. was saying like I'll listen to what they have to say. Uh-huh. But like, dude. On the other hand, like, what? Why should he be like? Oh yeah, I go to those guys and ask him what I should do. He's not. I don't. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. Is, does Hangman have skins on the wall like fucking Sting? No. But. He's also been a fucking world champion in a, a major promotion. And, you know, he was with New Japan for a long time. Like, he's he's a vet himself to some of those guys back there. I think so, someone pointed out, with if you count uh, Punk's time off, he's basically been in the business as long. Or if you, like, don't count Punk's time off, he's basically been in the business as long as Punk has. Really? Wow. See, and then there's that. But, yeah, I mean, Punk's been with, you know, he's been with WWE. Okay, but guess what? It's worked out for Hangman. He didn't say, I don't fucking care what those guys have to say. No. He yeah. just said, yeah, I mean, I'll listen to what they have to say, but 
Does he go to them for advice? He's not really at the point where he needs to go to these fucking guys for advice, especially if what we're hearing about Punk's weird exclusivity in the back since he came back is true. Why the fuck would he? And we don't know what Sting's availability is like, you know? Yeah. Oh, hey, Sting, you got a second? Uh, Okay, so I was thinking about, you know, maybe, you know, come on, dude. This isn't a guy that really needs to do that. And again, if Sting knocked on Adam Page's door, I guarantee he'd listen to what he have to say. Well, and I think, too, I, I know this was something that was uh, has come up before, too, but, like, even, like, uh, you know, Brian Danielson has mentioned, like, don't really, like, you know, it's not really in your interest to go to vets directly for advice because if you, like, don't actually take it to heart and, like, actually act on it, you just get massive heat with them. It, it's really hard to say, and I have a different outlook on this uh, than that because I feel like you're always learning in pro wrestling. Sure. You'll never, ever fucking stop, even if you're fucking Terry Funk. But Hangman is still, he has been in the business for a while, and he has been around for a while. He's done very well for himself. He's done very well for himself, but I feel like there's you could always learn something. I, I, I yeah, but does I, I does that know. mean he needs to go knocking on doors? Like he's a busy guy, and yeah, he, and, and, we, mean, and also we don't know what it's like back there. I, I think his answer was perfectly reasonable. Yeah, I can. Yeah, you know, he hears them out and stuff like that. I can see that, but like at the same thing, I, I do think that there's probably things that Hangman could learn. Like there's well, things, things that anyone can learn, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I think Heyman maybe should go and talk to some people because there's a reason why his title run was so dry. There's a reason. No, like, I'm not putting that on him because I I don't know, man. Like he he's like there might be things that he could do that aren't just raw like fundamental wrestling stuff that he could learn. But like the title reign, it was like when he was out there, it was good. But the problem was he wasn't out there as much, and it went like he was yeah. out there. It was like kind of in the middle of the card and stuff like that. That's on booking because sure, he but was super over when he was out there. His shit with Danielson his, was the the in my opinion the best thing. Sure, uh, and I know it, it kind about... of crossed over twenty twenty one into twenty twenty two, but that was the best thing. And dude, his shit with Punk. And here's sure. here's the reason I I really think Punk is pissed. It's not about you didn't come to me and knock on my door. It's about during that promo. Yeah, he said something Punk maybe didn't like, but so did a lot of other guys. Here's what really yeah. happened in my opinion. He got outdueled like a motherfucker because it wasn't yeah. just about the the context. It that was about the intensity of that promo, mm-hmm. and we all did, we all mentioned this at that time. Dude, the intensity was there for Paige, and it was not there for Punk, and he mm-hmm. got fucking beat in that promo. And he's jealous. As far as that I'm might, concerned, like, it, yeah, you're right, dude. Dude, so Punk has seen like he has been accused of being a narcissist, and even Eddie Kingston <laughs> in his promo called him a narcissist. What you want your WWE script back so you you're gonna know how to respond? Dude, fuck you. You're supposed to be the witty motherfucker. Come on, dude, hit him back. You can't take like a if that was a vague fucking reference in the moment. I'm fucking sorry. You you've been dealing with this shit from the other guys. So come on, dude. Where's that fucking? Where's the smart ass intensity that you're supposed to bring? He got beat, and I think he looked bad, and I think he realized it. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Enough I that think... it, like, it brewed in his mind for like you know yeah. months while he's injured. <laughs> the first thing he does when he comes back, more or less, is bury Hangman because he was that angry about, about that. That's so silly. It was good, but there was also one very important difference in that promo than the other ones. Is Hangman came out after being a huge babyface to just randomly seeming like a heel. That was the promo before that. I remember being completely taken off guard by all that Hangman stuff, and it didn't make sense, and it was weird. 
And it like, was the promo well, before that though, when it was just like him out there. When was he was it? Like, we're not yeah, because that was like when he's like, we're not going to have a masturbatory Bret Hart match, right? Um, all that stuff. That was before you know, Punk had come out, so he was already kind of like angling as the heel, and we we kind of thought that was weird. That like I'm going to thought- play devil's advocate here. I do think that Hangman did go into business for himself a bit. Because, like you said, like, like I, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that promo, and then the next promo, like he just he came off completely out of character. What they had been building for for two years at this point. All the baby faces that I've had to work with, Punk. Well, well, let me just say this: Moxley did the same thing. Like he did heel shit on Punk too, and he was a he's a huge baby face. And I know he does the I'm sadistic shit. But yeah. Hangman also would do some tough guy stuff too. But Mox it, it, did the same thing. It wasn't really anything, tough guy like, stuff though. It was if, like it was real cringe yeah. and like it was really you talking about the Hangman stuff. Yeah, no, it wasn't cringe. Okay, let me let me let me rephrase that. I thought it was great. It was it was good, but like he was still off character, which is which which is like good or bad. That is going into business for yourself when you fucking I don't completely think flipped. he was off. Char- I don't think he was off character when you're building. Uh, I do with a guy like you want to take him head on. I do. CM Punk is the top baby face. You want to talk? Yeah. Okay. So if CM Punk is the top baby face right. and you're challenging him, you do the same. Look, Danielson did the same thing. He was a baby face. He became fucking number one contender and, and took it to fucking hangman and said, right. Went full heel. And so like, yeah, I yeah, he, he went yeah. full heel. So, I mean, is that and, out and, of character? And that, hold on. That was jarring too. But when he went heel, it was very, when he did it, it was very clear like hangman was still trying to be he was still the number two baby face he didn't have an actual turn and i i see and i'm just saying that yes it was good and i think that you have to see around that it was good the fact that it was going into business for yourself it, i don't think it, so that's at all 100 percent what that was i don't know if if it was worth cm punk getting so mad about it and maybe he'll explain it one day but i totally see it i totally understand where he's coming from he'll explain it one day and i think he'll just come off like a pussy but maybe and i agree with you you talked about hangman's run being dry uh-huh. and i actually thought some i actually wasn't a huge hangman character fan because mm-hmm. it's crazy that like the straight edge guy the guy i identified with going way back isn't the the guy whose side i'm landing on here mm-hmm. I'm landing on the fucking guy who takes fucking backwash beer out of people's hands in the fucking stands and chugs it, which which tells which tells you like like I'm going against my bias here. Right, I feel you on that. The difference is when when Hangman and if you want to say Hangman's run was a little dry, this is where he fucking came to life, and it was like it was too little, too late, too. But he was doing some I don't of the know, same man. shit. I, I was, think they and he was building they off. Did, they could have had like a very similar outcome. If Hangman hadn't done that, like if he would have just had an intense promo that wasn't like coming off like a heel, because he was coming off, he was like so weird. I, didn't I remember think so being at all. on the show. We were talking about how jarred we were by it. I remember that, and it was so. I was only jarred because he had been a little vanilla. If you want to say it was, it was heel stuff. Like this is when Hangman went over with me to where I finally saw him as a real babyface who was taking on as a real champion because he was taking on a guy he's supposed to be intimidated by or whatever and he was making a stand against him and it was fucking awesome he went over to me as a baby face here and here's why i don't buy it as 100 percent going into business for yourself you did it to the guy's face and then he had a chance to respond with the microphone so like fucking respond dude it what punk did when was was page not even there that night when he called him out and sat down in the ring that was pussy shit because you're going into business for yourself and changing the format of the show. That segment where hey, Hangman said that shit, which was similar to a lot of shit everyone else said, what the fuck? Was, was, did Eddie not go into business for himself? That was a planned segment on the show. Punk and Hangman in the ring, 
building their match, talking shit to each other. That was the segment. You don't like what he said, but it was okay what Eddie said. It was okay. It's been. It was okay what Mox has been fucking saying. It was okay when MJF said it, but not Hangman. Fuck that pussy shit. He got shown up. That shit where Punk called out Hangman. There was no Hangman and Punk fucking segment for that show. He sat down, called him out. I don't even know if he was there that night, but he didn't come out. He wasn't scheduled to come out because you're building a fucking feud with Mox. That's going into business for yourself, Punk. You. It's like someone maybe fucking makes a a comment to you that you don't like, and so you fucking like take their fucking head off with a cleave. That's pretty much the analogy right there that you can use. Right, but when you go off when you go off character like that, it is going in the business series. I don't care if it was good or bad. Like you're you're not you're not you're not changing my mind about that. I think it was good too, but that's the thing. When you go into business for yourself, you're doing something that you think is going to be good for you at to, at the detriment of whatever you're doing. And you you we brought up the point of like why can Eddie say this? Why can so and so say this but but Hangman can't? The reason why is because it's a different situation. Eddie Kingston has a history with CM Punk. They played off of that. And they went they did the, he so he ended up saying that kind of stuff. MJF is a super heel. He can say that stuff. If Hangman is not if that's not his character and it's just so weird and jarring, that is a hundred percent going in going into business for yourself, in my opinion. Again, I, I didn't think that that actual confrontation was that jarring. I thought it was more so like the stuff that he'd come out before. I'm talking about like, I'm talking about in general. I'm talking about from from the from the top. I'm talking yeah, about Yeah, but I think that he was probably told like kind of like, you know, you know, heal it up a little bit because you you know he's sort of the bigger baby face in this situation um, yeah that seems to be like the general mode of booking here like oh punk's punk's the baby face so you gotta work here a little bit he, and you know what i thought yes hey, man, did a little bit fucking perfection a, yeah, little a little bit? bit yeah but you gotta take these guys on what do you what do you you can I you mean, gotta put you, your opinion you, aside. You gotta put your opinion aside of how good it was, because that because that's I think that's clouding what you're what you're thinking here. If you do something like this, I, I, I that's just what it is. It is what it is. It's going into business for yourself, and that's a hundred percent what it is. When you talk about going into business for yourself, it's not wrestler against wrestler. It's wrestler against the promotion. No, all right. It's, so that's they not had, true. They had it. Yeah, it is. It it's is. about it's about changing the course of what happens in that promotion sure. to fit your agenda. Yes. And the segment on the fucking show was Hangman and CM Punk scheduled on the fucking show talking shit to each other. Mox okay, hardly I get it, but, said anything. But oh, but, dude, he dude, he said he said he worked that fucking shit so much. That he was Maybe. actually a piece I don't of know, shit. Man. That's just my that he was actually a piece of shit. And dude, what Punk did was going into business for himself because he's building a fucking he's building a program with Mox, and he sat down in the ring. But two wrongs don't make a right. But one is going into business for yourself, and one is a guy getting his feelings hurt and getting nah, out dueled. They both, dude. It, what does he want his WWE script back? No, they both. So he knows how to respond. They both went into business for themselves. And dude, I, I just totally disagree. That's fine. You can disagree with I me. Totally I, disagree. I, you can disagree. I'm with I'm with Davy on this piece. Like like he said, that's the, fine. The promo like. I, it didn't change the direction of like their program, right? It's just a one line. We don't know if it did. It could have. We don't know well, what it did in the fact that CM Punk was. I mean, CM Punk won. I mean, I, I doubt that like the. I'm feeling sorry. We kind of knew where that was going. Like, I think like it didn't seem to like it changed the direction. Like that was pretty much their last little program segment before the uh, pay per view at the time, I think. And you know, so it didn't really change the direction of that program. I don't think. But Punk coming out and challenging Hangman. 
and like him not coming out like that's kind of like okay now you're expecting a match that may or may not ever happen if these people you know and i think punk's just overly sensitive um, yeah oh yeah period to like actually you know make money on this because it's like yeah they they should have a match there'd be a ton of interest in it it'd probably make a shit ton of money like regardless of the outcome and that kind of ammo against punk was the going thing for all of his opponents all of them he or babyface and you say, well, they had history, but that was okay. But, like, the fans shouldn't fucking know who's friends you're right. backstage you're, you're, or whatever. You're right, you're like, right. Like, that and was the going shit. Eddie was a baby face when he used that shit against they, Punk. They should have handled and, whatever and it was And the shit was way more blatant and it was, way less vague it than, was, than Hangman's, to be honest. It was, but, like, you also... He didn't say anything about Colt Cabana either, and obviously that is a, a Not fucking... Not Hangman but, directly. Really, he didn't. But that's and, what like, he was. Could, go, that's what he was alluding to. But he said something like directly about like the workers' workers' rights and all that kind of stuff. Called out like CM Punk's like uh, whatever he does behind the scenes or whatever. Too. I mean, the workers' rights thing. I mean, that's arguably been ammunition against Punk since his WWE days. You know, that's been kind of like you know his whole thing where it's like, oh, you know, you're for like you know bringing up everyone, but really you're just in it for yourself. I mean, that's the general theme of like and every feud he's been in. Yeah. And maybe you're you're right. There's a double standard when it comes to Eddie or, or MJF or whatever. But they could have also discussed it in the back, and maybe they didn't discuss this at all with 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 Hangman. Like I I don't really know the situation, but at the end of the that day, just man, comes down to feelings. Th- That's at, not going to maybe for maybe I don't. I, it's hard for me to say. In like like in the, my dude, experience, the wrestler doesn't. Another wrestler that you're feuding with doesn't get to decide if you go into business for yourself. It's the fucking promoter. I don't. And I disagree one guy with that. Went out I 100 percent disagree with that. One guy that is listen, wrong. That is, guy, I'm just gonna dude, tell you right now. That's because, flat out wrong. It's not has no. Dude, the, the promoter does not dude, decide if you're going into business for yourself because there's it's like the promoter's business. CM Punk's not running the business, despite what he said. I'll tell you a story that 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 somebody told me about. Um, about somebody going into business for themselves. When I was learning about tag wrestling and stuff, uh, I can't remember who the, who it was. It might have been Lance that told me about it. But he was telling me a story about a guy going into business for himself. It was that guy, Gunnar Scott, uh, who was tagging with Chris Benoit for a while. And the guy went into business for himself and was just like working the match on his own and, and like didn't really want to tag out and stuff like that and was just trying to get his shit in and stuff like that. That's going into business for yourself. That has nothing to do with the promoter. That and as nothing- the promoter, yeah, listen, as a promoter, I'm pissed about that. Sure, but Crispin Wall was the one that was pissed about it, and Crispin Wall fucking straight. And that's okay. Yeah, but yeah, now, but like I'm like just put put yourself in the time. Crispin Wall was pissed about it. He left. He straight walked out. He's like, oh, you can work the match yourself. And he left. He just walked out of the match. It has nothing to do with the... I mean, it does have to do with the promoter, but you can absolutely... The promoter's now pissed about that. You can absolutely go into business for yourself when it comes to the wrestler too it that's that's it's not just the promoter that has nothing to do that has nothing to do with that at all like it's it can be it can be a number of things and i've I've seen it in my own fucking experience it doesn't have to just be like whatever the promoter thinks like well, it's that's that still impacts like if not just the promoter the promotion i mean like even like the story sure, you've every, told so uh, does this how does this not anything that happens in that ring affects the promotion yeah okay but then in my opinion then it's punk for not and being I'm not, able to fucking roll with that and, and, and bite I, back like, I, I, bite back listen, you're listen, a promo i'm not unscripted you guys want to be unscripted i'm not you guys want to work this shit against punk he's cool with it you're obviously working in shit from real life Sensitive stuff, ooh, uh, like forbidden stuff. So did everybody else. Sure, but guess what? Hangman didn't 
during his fucking program with another wrestler, sit down and call somebody out and then True. say, oh, that's coward shit. Well, you know what? You're, you're building a program with someone else and you just completely buried another fucking wrestler let me also, that you're not having well, a program I was gonna say with. Too, the, the didn't give him a chance to fucking bite back. Let me also say, like, if, if, if like, if pussy shit. If MJF and, and, and Eddie like discussed it with Punk in the back and Hangman didn't, it, there could be a double standard there. But at the same time, like maybe CM Punk is just playing out a pussy and he didn't call out two other people for going into business for themselves as well. Like you're 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 comparing. You can't compare the two because it just might be down to CM Punk being too much of a pussy. But at the same time, like if it if if it's if it's going into business yourself for yourself, it's going into business for yourself it's it it is what it is like i i, if, I don't if you're agree working with... unscripted and you're using and the promotion is known for using shit like that and you've been using shit yeah. like that so far against and you've been obviously like dealing with it then it's not just hangman it could it, it could also be it could also be that he let hangman know ahead of time like hey this isn't uh, this isn't gonna be. This doesn't. Then need he to needed be part to say. Of, then he needed to say that in the scrum. He needed to be like, "Yo, we talked about that." There's usually when guys work together, they say, "Hey, please don't. This is off limits. Please don't talk about this." You, we don't know the whole situation, but I can totally see why it was going into business for himself. I'm not saying I'm not siding with Punk here. I think Punk is being a complete bitch about this. And again, two wrongs don't make a right. But I just I think that that's it. it very well might have been him going into business for himself. Especially if they have if they had heat already, like you're kind of kicking the hornet's nest at that point. If you already have heat, because he already had heat with the elite, apparently, uh, according to all the timeline and stuff like that. If he would have told Hangman, "Don't fucking say this shit," and then he did it anyway, he would have mentioned that in the scrum. He would have said, "I told this guy, this is off limits." Maybe and he did it anyway. He would have brought that up. I don't he know. brought everything else up. He brought fucking Cole Cabana's mom's bank account and her yeah, name. Yeah, and that is like that is like he's he's already over. He's already done way worse. And overstepped the line, but he didn't uh, change yeah. the format. He just upset a guy. That I don't yeah. think upsetting a guy during your promo is really going to. I, I, I honestly, well, I, I was honestly gonna don't. say your examples of it, uh, like because I was gonna say too, like it, it's kind of similar to your situation where you had that squash match too, where you mm -hmm. uh, didn't do that. I mean, like you obviously didn't know that was a bad communication and whatnot, but like that's also kind of the same thing. Like where like if you, but that's changing the format, right? That's that's altering the booking. That's how you're going into business for yourself there, right? Like, the guy sure. in a tag match being like, yeah, actually, I'm just not going to tag out, and I'm just going to win this match, even though, like, maybe yeah. Ben Wall was supposed to be the, the big, you know, hero of the match or whatever, and you've completely fucked over those plans. That's very different from, like... Oh, it's not, it's not different, because it's... As far as I know, when going into that, we had... Hangman was a huge, massive babyface. He had that two-year-long story where he won that title and everything. Punk is also a babyface. I mean, you don't have to go in there being friends or anything like that. But he was so jarring, even though it was good. It was so I don't jarring. Think it was jarring? No, dude, he's he's making a challenge. I wish we had audio of that episode right now. But like, it, we 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 had audio when he first came out and and cut that promo, that first promo. It was completely different. It was weird. I know I'm not the only one that said that because I fucking listened to it other podcasts. It was jarring because it was like so good and he hadn't done anything that good. No, and granted, that's not he'd been working babe, he'd been working he'd been working heels and stuff. It yeah. just straight up. So he didn't have to do that. So it was a little jarring for him to be making that kind of a challenge against a baby. Like face. I mean, I, like in hindsight, it kind of like even the Cole feud showed that he had a little bit of a dark side to him, right? Like I mean there was times where he just like was like really vicious in those in like that program. Yeah. 
Uh, maybe not so much on the mic, but it was like it didn't seem like it was completely out of character at the time. Like maybe like didn't he? But didn't he insult the crowd? Didn't didn't Hangman? Yeah, insult that the was crowd that was the weird thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I I'm pretty sure he was. I'm pretty sure that he was supposed to do that. I don't think he was going for business because why would he go into business for himself by insulting the crowd? That's really weird. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's then get into what happens after the scrum. Um, so wait, wait, wait. We didn't we didn't quite. We went into talking about the hangman thing, but we didn't quite mention we mentioned what Punk said about Cabana, but we didn't mention what he said about Hangman. And what he said about Hangman was fucking insane. But the the empty headed Yeah. Know, yeah, dipshit he said, or whatever. Yeah, I've got it I've gotta work with a bunch of empty headed fucks like Hangman Adam Page. He didn't say I gotta work with a bunch of empty headed fucks and it was and No, he said no. Out. he said he said Paige. he said where does an empty headed fuck like Hangman Adam Page get off saying yeah. yeah. And then he says uh for like the MGF program, he's like I have to work with a bunch of pricks. Yeah, he was talking about pricks and children. He said they were children. He's like, I work with a bunch of children. Well, it was in response to MJF, like saying you're working with MJF. He's like, yeah, because this guy always wants me to work with pricks. I think pricks in his case was kayfabe, but he was suggesting that yeah. everyone yeah. else he's worked with yeah, is yeah. also a prick. No, he said he he legitimately said he said that he's working with children. Yeah, but and he but I think that that was in reference to the elite. That was the elite because yeah. he kept he kept mentioning like people that call themselves EVPs. Which again, Tony gave them that fucking yeah. I mean, Tony's sitting there the whole time just being like, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, Dude, he's in a Tony's... he's in a can't win situation there. To be honest, he kind of is. You can tell him to shut up. You can tell him like, well, well, you're the okay, boss. Guys, guys who are good at that type of shit know how to get out. It's very difficult, but that's how people usually get in those roles because they know how to deal with difficult confrontations like that among their staff very hard and i'm not saying i could do it and i've had to do it on like much much lower stakes where there's no cameras rolling mm. but there's a way to do it tony ultimately gave those guys those titles yeah right so whether or not he should have is a different conversation there's probably a diplomatic way to do it i don't know if i could have done it on the spot personally but you know what i'm not the head of a fucking company that has a tv either so tough spot for him though to be sure yeah so he calls Hangman out by name, personally. Yeah. He doesn't just say people, you know, EVPs. And he calls him an empty-headed fuck to everybody. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, that goes beyond, like, just, like, you know, like, that's why we're thinking, like, this this can't really be, like, just a work. Because it's, like, and, and it's funny, too, because he then, like, makes all these comments about, how, like, all these EVPs, like, leaking details about stuff. And, it, like, the whole scrum, actually, like, I was thinking about this, was very Trumpian. As far as like Hangman and or yes. Hangman's, uh, very Trumpian, wow! Because yeah. he the way he like goes after individual journalists and whatnot too is like, oh, you're reporting like fake bullshit and stuff yeah. like that. And he he even like he like he went after Alvarez. Yeah, he went after Alvarez. Like you were incredulous. That I went in for business for myself. I was really angry at that video. It's like, and again, it's like it's like Trump where he just sits there, watches the news all day, remembers what they said about him, confronts them at the. Fucking, you know, White oh House. Oh my press God, things. it's yeah. just like it. Yeah. Wow. In fairness, in fairness, he's more coherent and yeah, literate yes. than Trump, but that's, <laughs> that's a little bit. That's about where that is. Yeah. But that's that behavior, though. Holy fuck. I didn't even think about that. Just completely making shit up that's happening in front of his fucking face. Good oh. Lord. So the scrum goes on. Tony sits up there with a variety of others. And at one point, what are the reports that we get, Doc? Yeah, after that, you know, Tony Storm comes on, and then Chris Jericho comes on, and uh, Jericho's chill, and he's like, 
I could you could tell there's something different about Jericho. Jericho's being like the utmost professional that he can be. He's just not in character at all. He's talking calmly, and you can tell he has something to say to Tony. You can there's just something off. So at the end, he whispers into Tony's ear, like, "Hey, you need to come back here. Uh, we got it. like some shit went down." And I don't know if they said they had to call the cops or what, but he said the shit shit went down. He like whispers in his ear. We even see like footage of like a security guard running off, and all this is because there was a fucking brawl, a melee. We're told backstage uh, as a result of CM Punk, uh, CM Punk's comments. So the elite go to so to confront- well, CM Punk's comments, which also included again him saying that if you have a problem with me, come to my locker room and tell it to my face. So they came to his <laughs> locker room. They went to his locker room, and uh, the word is is that the elite went there to to confront CM Punk about what he said. They were pissed off. Punk t- took the first shot swing. Yeah, we don't know who he fucking swung at. Some people say some like some reports say Nick Jackson. Some reports say Matt Jackson. Uh, we know that he took a swing at a young buck, and then. Ace Steel got involved. We heard Christopher Daniels was involved. Like it's 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 absolutely insane. And then we heard that Ace Steel threw a chair at a young buck and then bit Kenny Omega. So <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? And it's funny because like I mean we we talked a little bit about like when you spotted Ace Steel last week and you're like oh it's Ace Steel like no one knew who he was. I mean like I, you guys did, yeah but, like that was it. and then uh, this week he obviously cuts his promo. Then this all happens. <laughs> it's like this guy went from being like. A nobody to being like the scourge of the AEW locker room in a week. <laughs> <laughs> the scourge, yeah, that's just absolutely fucking insane. I also heard that Punk's dog was around, so he <laughs> was acting like he didn't want to. He didn't want to go, and then he ends up throwing a punch. So that, is that really was that really in the report? I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, so so I don't necessarily <laughs> think it was a sucker punch, but I could just see him being like, "Guys, not with my dog here. Not, not my dog's around," and then <laughs> socking him. <laughs> I respect you, bro. I respect you, bro. Oh my god, I could see so, that. My dog's over there, guys. Come on, and then pops him. <laughs> Come to my locker room, but wait, not when my dog's there. Heyman's already gone. Yeah, he had and left, FTR yeah. already gone because everybody seems to think FTR would have fucking like did the run in for Punk, well, uh, which is just which is just fucking so marky. I can't. Well, they've it. been back. Well, they've been backing Punk like like publicly. So crazy to think that they would back him to the point. If where you're they pro- would, like, if you're true professional and fight. you see this shit that CM Punk did, and you still back CM Punk, you're an idiot. Yeah, it's dude. He's poisoned that fucking he's poisoned AEW right now mm-hmm. that's what's happening yeah i did read one perspective that the bucks and kenny went in there and like so he felt outnumbered and whatever and then a steel came along if it's a yelling match like yell like were they were they being physically opposing i don't know who knows what really happened maybe punk was right to throw the punch in that situation he 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 earned a confrontation yeah. Were they going to beat his ass three on one? I don't know. Maybe he felt cornered. Well, it sounds like Kenny wasn't really involved until Ace Steel started biting him. Grabbed his hair. It was pulling, like, Ace grabbed Kenny's yeah, he's hair. pulling his hair. And, the f- and maybe bit him. I already bit him on the ear. I don't know if that's true. I mean, that's how, I guess that's how you would fight if, like, you know somebody can beat your ass. That's You fucking start fighting dirty. Yeah, I guess that, so. That's how you win a fight as somebody who can't beat the person who you're fighting. So Yeah, you do what you got to do. You do what you got to do. I mean, this obviously isn't like a controlled environment. That but I'll, I'll say this. Whether or not Punk felt cornered or whether or not he rightly felt cornered in that situation, guess what? You don't earn that type of confrontation if you don't say that fucking off-base shit that you just said. Yeah, yeah. in front of, in front of the world. In front of the fucking world. It's not only just personal at that point. 
that's also like business fucking the business up real bad well he's trying to run a business you know yeah yeah he said that's another thing oh my god right in front of tony he's like i got a fucking business to run right in front of tony he said that and tony's like what (laughs) what you know and and he says hangman jeopardized the first million dollar gate they had by saying that what but okay so a a, a pro wrestler fucking get some put some heat on you and now the fans aren't gonna want to go yeah and nobody would have fucking said anything if he didn't cry even if he did cry about and get upset dude this is pro wrestling motherfucker you just created real venom supposedly quote unquote real venom between the main event guys and people aren't going to want to see that the fuck is wrong with you where you been or this isn't fucking gcw where the fucking you know main event guys shake and hug and kiss <laughs> you know and we talk shit about that all the time yeah we're missing, so like, I'm missing yeah, that right dude. now <laughs> okay but yeah but going back to the hangman punk feud i didn't Just want kidding. them to hug and kiss yeah you're right i'm, 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 I'm joking obviously i'm joking obviously. yeah and that's to me that's what hangman brought to this shit and again punk had a chance it, it wasn't like they were sharing one mic and, yeah. and hangman hogged it all and then punk had to walk out because he was pissed he wouldn't give him the mic that would be going into business for yourself. And that's kind of the analogy you were talking about with the Benoit. This is, well, to me, it was like, you had your chance. Well, also, too, I mean, like, as far as, like, jeopardy, I, w- I would think, you know, the fact that, like, Punk got squashed would have been, like, more jeopardizing to, like, you know, interest in a match that he's involved with than someone putting some heat on him. Yeah. Yeah, Th- yeah. This is, uh, this is something that I did agree with with um, Cornette on and stuff. And he, he was talking about this with, like, the, the Eddie thing. And it's like, it's fucking pro wrestling. So what if there's personal issues? Like, so what? You're supposed to fight. He's like, 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 kick my dog, fuck my wife. Like, let's fight. Let's fight about it. You know, that yeah, kind of yeah. shit. It's like, he's right. Yeah. And it's like, at the end of the day, it is pro wrestling. What is fucking CM Punk being such a bitch about? CM Punk has a history of this. Like, this isn't the first time. We've heard about, like, him, like, having you know issues in different locker rooms he seems like one of those guys that isn't consistent with everyone and he wants to take issue and blow things up that could probably be handled with like a quick conversation and instead he turns into backstage heat yeah like makes things personal that don't really need to be personal he you know took issue remember that clip about kevin owens didn't go and suck his dick and so he was upset he's trying to like be like the kind of locker room presence that that like hardcore holly would be or like a jbl he's not he's just not that guy like, cause he does can't force your, yeah, you can't force yourself into that. Yeah. And it's not like those are necessarily positive roles to bring into the locker room. Booker T even told a story about how like he like would get in front of the locker room and declare himself a locker room leader. And like him and the boys would just laugh at him. Like people would just laugh at him. And it's so weird. Yeah. Well, it's really weird. Oh, the other thing too, um, cause we mentioned like, so he brought the whole lead into it because he accused them of like leaking like the cold story and whatnot. And all, pretty much every journalist, all the major journalists I've seen said that they reported that story and they did not talk to like any member yeah. of the lead or hangman yep. or anyone. Yeah. So he completely made that shit up. God, it's so weird. I just hope we're not getting worked. I mean, I hope we are getting worked. I don't know, dude. I don't even know. What if the we fuck are amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And guess what? I can't call it because I, I would have sworn that they were going to do something with uh um eddie, and eddie kingston and sammy <laughs> yeah i, I, really I, I thought that was a joke to make about that later <laughs> how similar to that is this but what sammy said was a little bit more blatant and it also yeah. but it also didn't air on tv if, if we're just going to talk about the standard set let's let's say that yeah that that wasn't building for a longer program and they didn't just pause the match but but if sammy said something shitty and then what he said wasn't subtle or vague. He said, you're a fat piece of shit. That's the least fucking subtle thing you could possibly <laughs> say to somebody, right? 
I don't know. There's some subtext. I think you're not reading into that. Yeah, yeah. So he pie faces him in the back, and he gets the suspension. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that's true, if he's hurt, then that lets Tony off the hook for making that big decision. That's true. So He's got to do something about Ace, though. You just fucking let him go. I'm sorry, dude. Like, you can't fucking... Yeah. You can't be biting motherfuckers. Well, he threw a chair at a young buck's face. You can. Dude, old school, if there was problems like this, old school, like, they would be... somebody. They would go into a room, shut the door... They would fucking settle. Yeah, that's they a weird settle. thing. Dude, like I've heard. Okay, so like so this, there's a story about, and a lot of people don't know this, but um, uh, Rodney Mack. Rodney Mack's a legit fucking dude. Probably the most legit person I've ever met in during my time in wrestling, and he's very old school. Uh, there's a he got fired from WWE because um, Hurricane Hurricane Helms fucking disrespected him one time in a match and i don't remember the exact uh the exact thing but um he went out there and rodney's the veteran and he wanted to call the match or whatever and then a a hurricane like disrespected him and called him a piece of shit mark or something he fucking respected disrespected him some big way so rodney's like all right and they went out there and he professionally had the match. They had the match. It was a pretty decent match. You could probably see it on YouTube. They go to the back. He goes to the locker room and fucking Rodney pulls Hurricane inside of a fucking room. That's exactly what he did. He fucking shut the door and he's like, do you want to disrespect me now? And apparently uh, Hurricane Helms fucking uh, continued to talk shit. So Rodney fucking beat the fucking shit out of him and put him in the hospital and uh, like just destroyed him. And... Uh, yeah, and they ended up firing um, Rodney Mack for that quietly. And I don't even know if that story even got out, but that's why he fucking got fired. And that's just insane. And, like, I'm not saying that Rodney was right to do that, but that's how they fucking handled that shit back in the day. And if, like, it's going to go back to that, somebody's going to get fucking beat up bad. I mean, you're, you're not going too far back in the day there because he got fired for it. So it's yeah, not like fucking... That's true. Yeah, I mean, like, to be fair, like, a lot of this stuff would be pretty vanilla back in the back in yeah. the day i think i think hurricane has commented on the story though like somebody asked him about it or something one time and he's like yep yeah, it's true he just fucking agreed <laughs> he's like yep that happened <laughs> i don't know how how valuable is ace steel to the company now that you know yeah punk angle he was working is done unless ace was going to be like punk's manager well, how valuable like, is that screen really manager either. i mean like it was a good promo and, but yeah. like yeah i mean it was and that was it, ace steel's to, promo was, yeah. was really good yeah, like it was really good, and he dropped an f bomb, which I don't know. Yeah, he's was he just going into business for himself. He was apparently fined by the company for that. <laughs> yeah, he was fined, but okay. he probably didn't mean to. He was probably just really just yeah. passionate in the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. cutting that amazing promo. But who'd have thought that'd be the least of his legal worries? Right? Oh my gosh! I'm hearing the police were called. Did you guys? Hear yeah, that? I heard they, that too. Well, I, it might have been the nobody, it might have been like the on-site security. Nobody knows if that's really happening. People are getting that from trying to read Chris Jericho's lips or trying to hear that whisper that he said. People think that he said the cops were called. Ah, uh, and yeah, he yeah. could have mistaken. He could, yeah. Police, who knows? Yeah, I'm interested to see where Jericho lands on this whole situation. Really, I mean, Jericho. He was like when he was when he was on the scrum. He was like talking about like, or the word is is that that his his t- like take on everything was like people need to understand how lucky we are to have AEW and how special AEW is. And that uh, people didn't, don't need to be jeopardizing what we have because we could lose it really fast by everybody's behavior, is what he said. I mean, that's yeah, that clearly and that's comes true. down on Punk, I, I would think. That comes right? down on Punk? That comes down on anyone. Like, he even, like, mentioned how, like, you know, they were saying pussy on TV. And he was like, 
you, he's like, you just can't, there's some things that you just probably shouldn't say. Like it, you, you, like one fucking sensor hears that and they don't like it and they're taken off TV and they lose things, you know, they could get kicked off TV. He's saying that they shouldn't, that people shouldn't, that the wrestlers there shouldn't be taking AEW for granted. And that's true. CM Punk included, man. He's trying to air all this dirty laundry in public and stuff like that. And he can't. I think uh, that's the head of the class. <laughs> I think backstage reports of a little fucking venom in the back really only smarks hear that. Yeah. I don't think that's like, dude, doesn't make us not. It's, I mean, it's getting, I mean, I, I, there are some people that are online that have said, like, you know, on Reddit and stuff like that, that'll say, like, hey, like, all this drama sucks. I can't even enjoy the show because there's so much drama going on. But here's the I'll thing. I'll admit it does have a bad impact on overshadowing a lot of, like, the normal angles, quote-unquote. Yeah. Like, I mean, Exa- like, who cares yeah, what's going on with Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs if, like, this is the, you know, sucking out all the oxygen in the room. Mm-hmm. And also, who cares about what's going on with Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks when they give it fucking, like, six <laughs> minutes on the paper? Oh, there's that, that, too. Too. <laughs> <laughs> that, too. That, yeah. too. Any, any other fallout from this that you guys want to mention before we start discussing uh actual wrestling we can fucking talk about this shit all day and yeah it's it's good it's crazy and like to me it's almost worth it it's almost worth to talk about as much as we can just because it's so fucking crazy and unprecedented i'll say this the big thing and i think we mentioned this already like the mjf had his huge fucking return to mm-hmm. that's kind of karma though to be fair <laughs> yeah 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 so if that was not a work in the first place. But. Yeah, so he, he has this huge return, and he you know comes out at the end, and he challenges CM Punk, and I guess they're going to do another program. Uh, they were, I don't know about now, but they were going to do another program where he's got, like, you know, he's got the fucking chip to cash in for a title shot. Now, fucking, no one's fucking talking. The only, the only reason they're talking about that is to say that no one's talking about it, yeah. and that it got overshadowed. When it should have been mm. a big fucking It's kind of karma for like how you know the MJF stuff completely overshadowed that Wardlow match and kind of yeah Wardlow that, even but... went out and said Wardlow even said in an interview yeah. he feels like that's what derailed his his momentum was that yeah yeah but was that again if that was all a work then like you know you got to blame Tony for that too it wasn't the it wasn't the weekend to start that shit they could have started that the next weekend so. yeah you guys uh we I I think we we will probably be bringing this up more as we timeline oh, yeah. it. Yeah. The, other, the, the other thing that's weird is like, where does Moxley fit into all this? And does he fit into all this? Obviously, he was the guy Punk was having the program with. I wonder how he feels about the hangman shit, like being interjected into that. Since he's lost, like what's next for him? Just is he going to just toil away in Blackpool Combat Club tag matches? <laughs> I hope not. If, if this is a work, if this is a work, are they going to challenge for the trios title? It's a full blown AEW Civil War. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you you posted that clip where um, and, Cody kind of made yeah something a reference something similar. I, I, I you know what, and you know what, this stuff is. If this is a work, and this stuff with CM Punk, this is this this is probably what they were going to do with Cody because they were creating the Cody verse and everything. This is, could have been what they were going to do with Cody, and Cody pushed out and wanted to go to WWE instead. Because remember, he was tweeting out, like, we're about to do something that's never been done. Like, be yeah. ready for this shit. And then nothing ever and then happened he proceeded from to it. continue to work like an old school baby yeah. face getting booed. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, did, he did do something that's never been done. He was the first big AEW talent to, to That too, but over, I think so. he, he was talking yeah. about AEW at the time, though. This was long Seemed before. Like it. 
Yeah, this is long before that, and when too long before, but a couple months before. This could have been like the idea that they've had all along, and they're just doing the most intricate, ridiculous work of all time. It just seems so weird. Like even if like like how crazy this stuff is, it just seems really weird that everybody would just be this unprofessional all of a sudden. Yeah, this it's like the the amount of unprofessionalism is just absolutely fucking mind blowing all over the Sometimes place. Sometimes you can be professional until a certain situation arises that brings out the worst in you. Yeah, you know? you've 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 lived a life. You've seen you've seen people that are cool until there's also weird. Their yeah, there's also not. weird things like them telling the meet like like Meltzer and then like they were gonna miss the medium scrum. They're like, oh, you're gonna want to be here for this. Like knowing ahead yeah. of time well, what he, was going to happen. He recounted happen. it a little differently. He said that like, oh, he did. Yeah, he said that he was like interviewing Tony, and then he's like, "Oh, you're going to be at the media scrum," and he's like, "Oh yeah, for sure." And like Alvarez, like we weren't supposed to go to the media scrum. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, "Well, thank God we did." Um, as, I mean, Tony, I think he looked too com- too uncomfortable to be like, "Yeah, this is what I had in he, mind." <laughs> with that, with that said, like he always looks uncomfortable. I wouldn't say that. He always looks weird. He, he always looks like he's like done just a little bit too much coke to have to sit still in a chair for that long. Yeah, he looks super weird. Did you see like those fucking like the, there's people that like gift just the different shit he was doing throughout the entire thing, and it's so bizarre. Like, did you see him drinking that 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 drink? <laughs> he always does that. He always, he always yeah. Drinking. It looks like he no yeah, but did you see it? Oh yeah, he kind of like gift like it's just it. so weird. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so but that weird. can just happen, you know that that happens to me sometimes, and I'm not fucking shown up <laughs> by just, my employees. It's just so funny. Okay, but anyways, I don't know. It just seems really like out of control, and it seems almost too unprofessional for it to not be like real, or there's just literally just no repercussions. Like he's just like. Oh, just let it happen because this is what we're going with this or something like that. And if they did do a fucking AEW Civil War, I don't know. You could see it. You could literally see it. You could see Team Bucks and you know Team, you know Team yeah, Punk. Like you, have, like, like, you see it happening. The, yeah, yeah, it's a thing. You know, and this isn't unprecedented in wrestling to have like old school versus new school or whatever. Like then Miro technically would have been fucking team punk because he would be one of the quote-unquote new guys from the other promotion i mean you could always have a guy that like didn't like punk yeah back in the the day or something like that you know most of the thing where he laughs bobby fish also like i mean uh he's another guy that kind of came in late from another promotion bobby fish yeah who challenged (laughs) but he's also (laughs) they challenged punk to a fight yeah Yeah. he he did challenge him to a shoot fight it's true good point yeah (laughs) god damn so it's just like insane and like I'm glued to it. But like I said earlier, I saw people on Reddit. I didn't get to finish this thought, but I saw people on Reddit saying like that they're not they're having trouble enjoying the show. They're having trouble. That's insane. Like like they're having they're, like they can't the, the drama's too much. It's making the company look bad, etc., 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 which I understand, but they say that but when AEW Civil War pay-per-view fucking happens, you know they're they're buying it. They're going to buy that fucking show. Well, also, too, I mean, like, people, let's be honest, in general, people love this kind of crap, right? I mean, that's, you yeah. know, I hate to keep bringing him up, but, like, you know, I mean, look at how, like, the ratings that, you know, Trump's speeches would have, right? Yeah. yeah. He's, he was one of the most hated people on the planet. I mean, yeah, some people liked him, obviously, but, like, people hate watch stuff, right? You know, they they, they watch things that they know that they're like, oh, I hate drama, but, like, they're yeah. glued to it. And pro wrestling, any vitriol you can get going, I think, is good. Yeah. Like, I, I just can't imagine somebody getting upset and trying to quote unquote cancel AEW because of 
like the wrestlers don't like each other and are fighting. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's it, absurd yeah, to me. It's, like it is absurd, but at the same time, if if they don't like each other so much that they don't want to work with each other, then they're just leaving money on the table. If they can't absolutely. be professional that's and have a match true. and like have a good match, like they're just leaving money on the table. It's that's stupid. Yeah. Because like no matter how bad true. shit gets behind the screen, you got to capitalize on it. Like Brett, yeah. Brett, Sean, you know that that was huge. You know, and it's the same kind of thing. Another reason why it could be a work because they fucking jack off to that stuff. <laughs> and it's and like it and it comes down to like being Team Brett and Team Sean, Sean's kids and Brett's kids. Yeah, in, in a way, yeah. All right, so we're gonna get into some wrestling now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any other? Um, like news bits you guys want to talk about i'd like to formally challenge cm punk to a shoot me too unlike un, listen unlike bobby fish where he said it could be this or this or this i can only do bare knuckle fighting i can't do kickboxing and neither can punk to be honest I'll, I'll, you know let's um, do sock and boppers <laughs> yeah yeah the sock and boppers so cm punk you can still defend your title but i'll still beat your ass so punk is a blue belt in jujitsu i don't know how often he's been training he looks like he like i've compared his movement to larry david before <laughs> his work punches that he was he was using against mock looked exactly like when he remember that that segment where he was like throwing just some straight jabs and stuff they looked exactly like glass joe's fucking punches <laughs> level the first motherfucker it looked exactly like that so in a in a in a fist fight i just here's the deal i can't believe i'm saying this because I'm not even that guy who thinks he's a badass. Like, I'll get my ass kicked by just about everyone on that ro- everyone on that roster, including I don't know like, like all divisions. But, dude, I honestly think I stand a chance against Punk. I think I would bet on him in a fight against me. But you know what? I'll take it. I'll take that fight. A fist fight against this guy, I'll fucking straight up take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll fight CM Punk. He's my straight edge brother and all that. But, dude, you're being a fucking asshole. And <laughs> H2O fucking sucks. And that's embarrassing <laughs> shit. And Toby Morse, Toby Morse is a fucking bootlegger. <laughs> yep. Listen to some fucking bold. Listen to listen, come on, dude. Chain of Break edge like they did. Bootlegger shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. So like, the, like again, there's there's just like there's a history of toxicity from CM Punk. People fucking hate him. The stories from Masada were fucking insane. Uh, he got beat up by Teddy Hart. Like he talked about how he was just like an absolute cancer in the ROH locker room. I mean, at this point, let's bring Teddy Hart in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know? Teddy Hart. Yes, could I guess it could be a little worse, but not much worse than this. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that would I'd be glued. I'd be glued to whatever Teddy Hart does in wrestling in a wrestling show. He's better. <laughs> He's better than CM Punk. It's a low bar to pass in some ways. In some ways, He's, dude. I saw. I saw. Like okay. Teddy Hart's a piece of shit. Everybody knows it. I saw a match with a te- with Teddy Hart on the Indies. I think it was with Zachary Wentz or something like that. And it wasn't super long ago. I mean, it was just one of his later matches. He is as good as everybody says he is. Very like super good. And I'm not even talking about like his flips and stuff like that. He's just brilliant. Like a savant. Like a fucking just it's super weird how good he actually is. And like he'll never never be known for it. And I'll just go out on a limb and say, like, ring bell to bell, he's better than CM Punk, at least. I was going to say that, too, like, for his whole thing being, like, angry that, like, yeah. Hangman doesn't take advice. Like, well, how about the fact that, like, you know, he's still kind of better than you in the ring if he's you know, supposedly yeah. ignoring the veteran's advice? 
Just because you thought you could See, late late career reinvent yourself as the second coming of Bret Hart. Yeah, straight up just ripping off all Bret Hart's moves. Straight up. All his all his spots. Yeah. Right? Oh my yeah, straight up, dude. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Well, let's get into AEW Dynamite where we immediately uh, get back to see a punk. Uh, so Mox cuts okay. a promo on him. Uh, describes uh, He said that Punk would describe him as the modern 60-minute man, but he said he had 59 minutes left in the tank after last week, and Punk folded and cur- uh, curled up like a little ball to die. Uh, champions don't fold. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, basically buried him again, and he left an open contract for whoever wants to face him at the pay-per-view. Obviously, Punk accepts later. Working big-time heel here, and the, and the crowd is... Uh... Yeah, he gets he gets little, kind of a mixed more reaction. Like, a, like, I mean, it's Chicago, yeah. right? So, it's like, more like a, anyone yeah. going up against Punk is going to be a big heel, and he's working very almost heel, anyone. But you know, he's still kind of the man at the end of the day. So, I mean, it, it was he was a great promo. I mean, the crowd is split, but it's more like seventy thirty against yeah. him. Yeah, but he does have his supporters, and he's been awesome. He was awesome during this. He really came across as a total badass. He came across as the fucking man so strong to the point where like it's pro wrestling magic and that i think it's weird that he lost you know because yeah. because of how strong he came across and his promo here was just fantastic i, I like i get like they ultimately wanted to put it on cm punk because he's the bigger star so to speak if, if you look at it as like a fucking working champion you know mox has been holding it down since punk has been injured and stuff like that and you have to like think that that's worth something you know yeah. but a steel grabs the contract and leaves after mox does tony shivani interviews jericho he says that lionheart versus american dragon is a dream match but a nightmare match for one he mentions that his mentors probably would think danielson is a better wrestler than him but he has the better accolades so kind of mark shit uh garcia comes out right and reaffirms his loyalty to the jas we then get uh brian danielson versus jake hager this was just okay it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't anything uh, really worth writing home about. Uh, Jericho. I thought it would be better. I thought it would be better. I kind of like, I'm not like a, a huge Jake Hager guy, but I think that he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. And uh, this, I thought it would have been better. And he made me look like an asshole. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about the Danielson and yeah. Hager match? Yeah. Thought it was really good. Yeah, okay. it was all right. I thought it was, I just still thought it was going to be better. I, I mean, I guess I didn't think it was going to be very good. Remember that match that uh, Danielson had on like Sunday Night Heat back in like 2002 with John, John Cena? John Cena, yeah. 2002. Yeah. And he got a, it was good. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Cena wasn't good, especially way back then. Yeah, he was so, carried. Yeah. Yeah, he was carried. So, Maybe that's kind of what I thought was happening. Hey, Hager's better than Cena, though. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, no, I actually yeah. was pleasantly surprised by this. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um, it, it was a little no, long, was... but yeah, it was fine. Danielson wins with the psycho knee. He then gets attacked by the JAS, um, but Jericho is stopped by Garcia, who then hits uh, Danielson hits him with the knee. So obviously, we have the continual dissension with the JAS and Daniel Garcia. We then, uh, you know, Joey could be loudly heard busting a nut. The wingmen cut a promo in the ring. I was pumped. <laughs> also, like, uh, do you guys like this story with with uh, with Daniel Garcia? I, th- I like. I'm starting to come around on it because I like that that Jericho is doing all this Lionheart stuff to impress Daniel Garcia to like to like show him that he's worthy. He's like doing a lot of stuff to like just keep Daniel Garcia. And it looks it makes Daniel Garcia feel important, honestly. 
I thought it was because I didn't. Re- I didn't think it was because he's doing it to impress yeah, them. Yeah, he's showing him called... that he can have the kind of match that Daniel Garcia likes. You know, that that wants to have. Yeah. He wants. He's showing him that he could be the wrestler. His opponents called him out and asked him to be the Lionheart. The, no, no, except yeah. Mox, Mox did, but he Mox did. Mox did, yeah, and Danielson uh, did too. You know, yeah, Danielson did. So, but he's doing it for Daniel Garcia, and he's also saying that he's going to show him that he can do it without cheating and stuff like that. Well, I mean, it was Dan- Which, it was uh, Garcia's idea that he was telling him he didn't need to cheat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he's doing it for Daniel Garcia. I don't. I didn't feel that at all. By he the could way. have said no. You know. <laughs> Well, he does. He does eventually cheat, anyways. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and that—that's that, my—that's like that's part of the that, exactly. But that's why I like the story. It's 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 really unique. I think that that's he's trying to be like a like the figure that Daniel Garcia wants to have or something like yeah, that. It's just really interesting. Kind of, I like. It. I mean, there's some parts of it that are a little dorky, admittedly. Um, like we were kind of yeah. talking about, like you know, the whole sports entertainers wrestler thing. Like it, it feels like it's an analog for a much more serious type of conversation that you'd have between like a mentor slash father figure and you know yeah that but exactly <laughs> but uh i mean it's fun i i enjoy it i think and it does like definitely make garcia feel important i think that's one thing that um tony is pretty good at booking wise is like putting enough attention on like these younger stars and you know sometimes you kind of want him to put more attention on maybe some of the current ones just to kind of because they don't have as much time left but it's there's always been like a pretty good effort at building the future all right sorry but i know it was like a tangent but they have the wingman kind of wingman cut a promo they said every wednesday night will be wingman wednesday I hope that's true. I hope we see him every Wednesday from now on. Uh, they immediately get wiped out by W. Morrissey, who JR says that he has a deal with someone. <laughs> we find out pretty quickly who <laughs> that someone is uh, as uh, Stokely comes out and gives him his business card. Guess what? Morrissey, big guy. Yep. What move What move does he spam in this match <laughs> or in this segment? The choke slam. Choke slam, yeah. Tried and true, honestly. Just book him like yeah. 911. Come on, man. Come on. David <laughs> wants to see something new. He wants to see, like, a big man spam, like, Hurricane Ronas or something. Okay. Like, come on. You liked him last time he they, they had him on. No, no, no. I, and he's improved greatly. I'm yeah. just talking. And his promos are fucking excellent. His promos are phenomenal. Yeah. I haven't really heard one lately. Yeah. But. Well, he's, he's been gone. <laughs> well, yeah. If you want to if, if you want to be, if you want, like, a good, like, example. Oh, just, has he not been? Just look one up Impact? from Impact. Yeah. I mean, just look one up from Impact. And, like, especially the one where he returns. That's the one I think of. It's super good. His uh impact his impact contract I think expired a month or two ago. So he's he's been gotcha. he's been off of uh he might have been working some Indies or something, but he hasn't been doing anything in a while. We then get a backstage segment with uh, Alex Marvez interviewing Will Osprey. Don Kaus interrupts, says that he's uh, admired everything that he does and has been doing, and really puts him over. So. This will probably not be the last time we see. Don Callis has a great way of backhandedly putting over people. Yeah, it was really good of Hangman later. <laughs> yeah, Osprey looked really cool in the segment. I thought. Yeah, he didn't have to talk too much, but <laughs> he called everybody bruv, which is awesome. <laughs> bruv. And he just looked cool when he had that kind of like uh, suspicious glint in his eyes, but comp- but exuded confidence. Yeah. Are you in love with Will Osprey? <sighs> I don't know if it's love. Yet, but <laughs> I, like it. I do think it's. Uh, like, I do. Sounds like straight love. I do think it's funny that they're like that. They were like telling this story where it's like, oh, you know, like Kenny's coming back from injury. You know, he's still wearing like the compression shirt, and whatnot, and taped up. And then it's like, yeah, but like Osprey at the end of the G one was like in like a full like Mumra cosplay and like 
you know, looked like a fucking mummy with how taped up he was. And he's perfectly normal yeah. on AEW television. <laughs> Mumra. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, he, um, I just think he exuded confidence and, uh, you know, they put him over like a top star here. He looks he like he belongs. Roast, he absolutely he does. to the occasion. I mean, he looks like the fucking man in the world. And then be. we'll have, you know, that main event to discuss quite soon. We then had a tag match, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus uh, Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida. This is just heels versus baby faces for their four-way match at the pay-per-view. I don't know if I said this before, but I'm just going to say Jamie Hayter is the best on the roster. Yes, I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I think there's... She's the best. Yeah, I think, she's the best. Yeah, on the I mean, like, I was, there's like a little bit of subjectivity and whatnot, but like, I think like her style does it the most for me. And who whatnot. comes close? Who comes close? Who's 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 number two? If she's number one. Who's number two? Well, I mean, she's injured right now, but Statlander, okay, is in her league. Yeah, um, we haven't really get to gotten to see her like have that big profile match since she's kind of reinvented herself. Yeah. Did she put on some fucking muscle toward before she got injured too? She just looked I don't and, and maybe looked, it's just the character change, but she looked like she was just getting more jacked every time I saw her. Yeah, she looks real good. Yeah. Um I, I think she was in the same league. And to be honest, Jamie Hayter still really hasn't had a, the marquee so you know, singles match. That's that true. No, but she's already looking as good as she is. Like Yeah. yeah she's yeah, the yeah. best. So she's yeah. <clears throat> I think she's probably Yeah, the best I, I mean too. I'd say so too. I mean, I, know, I, I can get where some people might come from with, like, some other options just from, like, a taste perspective, but I, I think overall she's some of the best. I mean, Rosa's awesome, Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah Rosa's great, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, th- I think, like, uh, the thing that puts that puts Jamie Hayter over for me is just how good she she's She bumps. Like, she bumps so good. Yeah. She bumps like a heel. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but, like, she she's so good at bumping. Spoiler alert. She is a heel. She attacks the mat like she's, like... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know she is a heel, but some people have that, like, natural way of bumping where they yeah, bump yeah, like a heel. You know what I'm saying? Like, a Kevin Owens, for instance, like, is the first person I think of when I think of people who bump like a heel. Like, Bibiase. But, yeah, um, yeah. She, uh, she might need to start learning to bump like a baby face after the pay-per-view. Well, maybe. Anyways, uh, Sheeta wins, uh, hitting her finish on Baker, um, which I guess was a way to show that none of these people are going to be winning at the pay-per-view. <laughs> we then have a Kip Sabian video package, uh, kind of just, you know, a little bit of, you know, more shine on his character and whatnot, and uh, that he's challenging Pac on Sunday. In the pre-show. Yeah, in the yeah. pre-show. Zero hour. Miro promo says that the mist is no match for his power. <laughs> Darby and Sting uh, joined to lay down the challenge. The battered kid's not going to be his manager? I guess, <laughs> I guess not. No, he, he went into CPS. I mean, I'm pretty oh, sure he yeah, kidnapped yeah. the guy. Like, I don't him. think it was a... <laughs> yeah. I think they're going to place him in a good foster home. Yeah. Then we get the CM Punk promo. He looks dejected, talks about his injury, says that he has 16 screws in his foot, and then he points right at Joey in the crowd and says that's 16 more times than he's ever been screwed. Right at Joey? <laughs> <laughs> I fucked Oh, okay. my God. No, dude, he said... He said that's 16 more times than this fat guy has ever been screwed in his life. Jesus. And then, you, you don't remember that? That's what he said. No, I remember <laughs> that. He's still, still, he's still a little traumatized. You know, that it, <laughs> I'm taking it personal. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> so, Punk gives it a few seconds, and he's like, I probably shouldn't have said that. And I thought, yeah, you, maybe you shouldn't have said that. You know, well, the guy was chanting Colt Cabana. <laughs> the guy goes, Colt Cabana. <laughs> oh, is yeah. that what he That's did? why he said it, yeah. What a bitch. <laughs> 
Wow. So that's how insecure he is. That made him show his true colors. and To a Chicago crowd. You probably shouldn't have said that. And then I started thinking, well, of all the things you shouldn't have said that week, that was probably (laughs) down toward the bottom of the list. Yeah, nobody's caring about his fat shaming now. It's because everything Can't else is fat shaming in AEW, right? You'll get you'll get face bombed. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, it's just like they've kind of gone kind of gone away from this a little bit, but early on, especially, it was you know they were marketing at least marketing themselves as a more inclusive promotion. I think yeah. they've done a pretty decent job of, yeah. of of doing that. But I mean, like the, the the gay wrestlers aren't fat. fucking like flamboyant, yeah, or whatever, like old school like stereotypes. Yeah, they have made all essentially all the uh, black wrestlers heels <laughs> recently, which we've covered a lot on this show. Fat guys like haven't gotten a break. <laughs> no, you know, I feel underrepresented. Honestly, I'm pissed off. Next thing you know, they're going to have like a sumo rest, like a sumo size wrestler. And his weakness is going to be food. <laughs> oh my God. Somebody's going to like bring fucking donuts. To does, the that, ring, does that hit really? And they're going to, and it's going to be their weakness. Are you saying that, that would hit really close to home for you? No, I mean, <laughs> it's not my weakness. Eddie's um, shit, you know, his, I mean, he brought a little bet to that on, on himself by saying, yo, there's a Reese's pie in the blah, blah. He's talking about, like, you know, <laughs> eating and, you know, yeah. the, cat- the catering table and shit. I mean, he brought a little bit. He had a, you know, self-effacing, you know, humor about it. So, I mean, it was cool. The last time, time I remember somebody giving a shit about fat people in wrestling was when Rikishi was, uh, was when he was, like, doing, like, his solo stuff. And he's he wasn't, this was before he was heel. And he had like his own like little fucking clothing line and everything. He cut a promo where he said, I'm doing this for all the fat, healthy peoples out there. And like that was the last time I ever heard anybody fucking like back fat people <laughs> in wrestling. Oh, yeah. He says. Scott Steiner didn't back fat people. No, he definitely didn't. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, he fat shames this guy. Uh, I hope like everyone in the crowd, like whenever he comes out next, just chants Colt Cabana. I think that would be real oh great. If they would, if they were going to, they would have did it in Chicago. I don't think it's happening. Maybe in New York. Anyways, Ace Steel comes out, tells him he was in this really good promo prep talk. Talks about how their family and family doesn't let each other down, and he's gonna make him you know sign that contract to fight at the pay per view. Isn't St. Louis like the rival city to Chicago? Uh, as for wrestling towns, no, but I, I don't know. Maybe for some sports shit, you'll you'd, you'd be yeah. you'd know better than me. I think so. So maybe we'll get uh, we'll get a little bit there. We'll see. We'll see if people know enough about it to get a full fucking loud. <laughs> they might know about it now. Dude, this has been trending all. If people, yeah, yeah, yeah. If people chant Colt Cabana the way people chant CM Punk, like at oh like God. WWE shows, how mad do you think Punk is gonna get? Do you think he's oh going to fucking lose he, it in the ring? I don't know, dude. That would be fucking... Oh, my God. That's the best thing I could possibly I hope out. it happens. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily on Cabana's side because I don't know all the deeds. Dude, it I don't just care. just such a dick thing to do. It's just such a dick thing. That, what he said was such a dick thing. It's just like, just to piss this guy off, that'd be fucking... When they come back to Dallas, our only fucking job is to fucking get a big Colt Cabana chant going. I don't care. what ha- If it never happens until then... We got to make it happen. <laughs> I don't know that enough people. We, we like, got to roll. I mean, CM Punk still has so many fans. We like, got to roll deep, know. man. We got to roll deep and just get all of our people to fucking chant it. And then like, just get everybody to chant it. So I think it could happen. Hold on. Where is Dynamite this week? So AW Dynamite this week, Wednesday at uh, 8 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. Central Time is in 
Buffalo, New York. Oh, they're in New York mm-hmm. already. Oh, okay, well, that's good. Buffalo. I mean, it's a different vibe than um, than New York City. But I mean, that was Ring of Honor used to run there. Yeah, that's a that's a, them. yeah that's I gonna be that that could happen. I mean, yeah, they. This is where I don't we know get if our Punk's CM Punk be on the show. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on this promo? I hated it. I thought it was so fucking. Uh, no, it's fake. I thought it was so fake that I thought, okay, if he turns heel, then this is at, at, at um, the pay per view. Then this is brilliant. Turns heel down the road. This is... does it count if he turned heel during the press scrum? <laughs> I get yeah right yeah. I hated this so bad. We starts out almost crying. Then his a steel delivered yeah. though. In, in terms of playing his part, he fucking delivered. And I thought. Maybe I was like, oh, did Ace Steel give a top five promo this year? Yeah. Now I hate to admit that, but at the time I, th- I thought it was. But I just hated how Punk gets fired up. I just thought it was so fucking. I was just like, yeah, I like Rocky, the Rocky movies too. Yeah, it was very. It was like sub Rocky levels of even the idiots can understand this arc. Yeah. You know, and then he then he starts going through the crowd. It seems really fake, and, oh, and yeah. I'm thinking, oh my god, if he's turning heel, then this is great. And he, so he doesn't turn heel until the scrum. I hated the way this was designed. I hated Punk's performance here. This was before, like, he made an asshole of himself. I don't think he needed the fucking, like, the, the squash match before this to get to this point. It's just so unneeded. I would have rather him have another face-to-face. I think the squash match was good at just, like, creating a lot of intrigue. But then, yeah, like, this... It was very... This does yeah, take it This weird. was very Rocky Three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Rocky, yeah, exactly. A steel. The only thing that could happen is like a steel dies, like his trainer dies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> between, <laughs> between them. like if a steel would have died here, then, he really wasn't. You know, he wasn't committed to the angle. If they had an if they had an extra week, getting fired would have been the same thing, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I hated the way this was designed, but that said, I loved Ace here. I loved Ace's yeah. work here. I loved his fire here. He drops an f bomb. He pushes him. He slaps Punk. You can have a great performance in an otherwise piece of shit movie, and you can have a great performance in an otherwise piece of shit <laughs> promo too, as it turns out. So. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree with this a hundred percent. Like CM Punk just comes off so fake here, you know. Yeah, and I thought, and I really did think it was because he was going to turn heel on not only AEW, not only Moxley. But on Chicago, and I guess he wouldn't do that because he probably always wants to keep the hometown thing in his back pocket. You know, he was putting over Chicago and saying shit like, "This is Chicago, <laughs> where the weak are eaten alive." <laughs> Chicago's not that awesome. Dude. <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask you a question: here. Who did the better fake retirement? Uh, Cody. Uh, remember when he did the one with Malachi Black and he put his boots in the ring? Uh, Mark Henry or CM Punk. CM Punk didn't quite get there though. Like true. Cody like he was talking like he was done and like he's like maybe it's time that I can't do it anymore and all that kind of stuff. It's it's gotta be like those three. It's gotta be. Come on, you could still do it. You could still do it. Yeah, you could still do what Sting does. And yeah, definitely Mark Henry. I mean, the Cody thing was he was gone for like what? I mean, like it was kind of like shocking, but he was like gone for like a week. Yeah, but Punk didn't even get to walk yeah. out of the ring under yeah. those auspices. Yeah. Like he got interrupted yeah. immediately. So yeah, I hate that. <laughs> it, 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 but if you know what, but but it's one of those things that could have been colored by what happens at the pay per view, and it turns out it wasn't. So I hate it. Fair yeah. enough. 
We then had a JR sit down with Jungle Boy and Christian. I don't know why he waited this long to sit down with these people. It seems like they've needed some therapy for a while. But, uh, yeah, there's good, you know, talks about why they hate each other and whatnot. Christian says Jungle Boy is going to realize that he's uh, out of his league and he's going to be a has-been at the age of 25. Um, turns out he might have been right uh, based on the results. Why is Christian so good? Right? <laughs> it's so weird. Like This is like someone who's been slept on his entire career, more or less. <laughs> When he wasn't in a tag team, but yeah, he's he's yeah. great. Are y'all pumped at this, for this match at this point? Or are you just like interested? Yeah, I was, like, I was, what's your interest level? I was, my interest was pretty high in this. Okay. Relatively, yeah. I mean, I don't know that this segment did that much for me. I yeah, it was, it was just okay. kind of, you know. I, I don't really like these like somber sit down segments either. Like, it doesn't make any sense. They try like, to have that match, like, because there's been times where sit downs with Jim Ross have been absolute magic, and that's what they're trying to go for. Yeah sure but like like they're trying to replicate something something real get something real out of people in like a like a more chill session like setting where they can be more like there's less pressure and they could be more themselves it's like like you know i guess it works with like triple h there have been others but yeah the triple h one is the most famous example i can on think a, of when on he, aw you know, i liked the one that, that he did with uh ethan page and darby uh i thought that was pretty good the one that he did with uh with J- was it him? It was Jade Cargill and Athena was good. That was the best Athena promo I've ever seen. And I guess we'll get to that. That wasn't that wasn't that was the Jim best Ross. Athena promo I've ever that wasn't with Jim Ross. Well they did a sit down yeah. and it was the best it was the best uh, Athena promo I've ever seen in my life. Next up we had FTR and Ward Lovers, Silas Young, Ray Jones, and uh, some other guy who I missed. You had I thought they were starting uh-huh. to use Silas Young and they just put him in a jobber match. Yeah. Uh, he well he didn't even get in the match. Which yeah. was interesting. Weird. So they do a big rig into a uh, powerbomb symphony, and the pinnacle wins. Sanjay Dutt's in the back taking notes. Honestly, Silas Young would be would fit well in that group with like Dax and, and them instead of Wardlow. He'd fit more than Wardlow. Uh, we then, uh, Mox comes out again, uh, grabs a mic, says that if Punk wants to go out on his shoulders uh, in Chicago, then that's what he'll get. Yeah, he said he better find a miracle real quick uh, because he's going to put on a glorious display of violence that Punk has never seen. Chicago actually cheers this promo, despite the fact they were all into, uh, you know, their hero. He got over here. He didn't really uh, run down the crowd. Any. I think people were cheering that the match is happening. Yeah, or that. Yeah, you could say that. But uh, Moxley's been so good. I mean, we've been talking about it. We've been reiterating that. It's I just, just hope that they, awesome. like, you know, keep him in a good spot on the card. We then get uh, Tony with the Dark Order. Ten is injured. Evil Uno will be taking his spot. Then Andrade comes in and offers them a contract to work for him. They reject him. He attacks Evil Uno. He is now also injured and has to be replaced. Oh my god, that fucking... <laughs> yeah. Saw this. yeah. I thought maybe... I thought it was probably going to be like Evil Uno would be in the next one and get injured and then Hangman would take his place, but they were just like, nope, he doesn't get in this tournament. Yeah, he would... Well, he would have had to take his place like during the match which well, no i mean he would have been because they had the match on rampage versus the best friends oh they would have won i didn't think yeah i didn't think they were going to beat the best friends without oh, hangman maybe because they they've been you know they're pretty protected yeah they've been trying to yeah 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 we then had dante martin versus roosh versus ray phoenix versus wheeler yuda i thought this was a pretty fun exciting match you know kind of exactly what you'd expect yeah. with these guys in the mix preview for the ladder match with the guys and some yeah. of the guys that are in the ladder match yeah uh, we then had a follow-up to that previous Dark Order segment where uh, Hangman says he'll be joining them, and he wanted All Out to be Dark Order's night, but if they need a partner, he'll do it. And that leads us directly into the main event, United Empire versus The Elite for the Trios Tag Tournament. 
this was awesome. Uh, I enjoyed uh, Kenny's entrance where, you know, he, they have the long, you know, wind up, like everything that he's done. And this was entirely themed around how he's better than Will Ospreay. The Ospreay-Kenny face-to-face was awesome. I mean, it was just great. Yeah, this match was like just everything about it was super good. And like, you know, we don't really talk a lot about like how good like the Young Bucks are, but like they were fucking, especially Nick Jackson's match was fucking great. Yeah, this match was killer. I don't know that I liked it more than the Death Triangle match, though. I liked it more, for sure. I think I liked it about the same. You know, it didn't have the Kip Sabian bullshit in it, so maybe that gives this the slight nudge if I have to rank sure. them. But I really like that. I really Meltzer that actually gave too. that one a slightly higher rating than this one. Really? Yeah, I think I might agree with him in terms of the actual like in-ring stuff, but that... Kind of had the distraction of the Kip Sabian, and this also had just the magic of Kenny and Will face to face after months of shit talking. Yeah. And it is a literal dream match. And I know they've wrestled before, but now they're in a point. They're at the point where, like, you know, Osprey is now a fucking yeah. man. Uh, so that makes it more special. Yeah, and this was this was, was yeah, great. this was great for the Kenny Kenny Osprey stuff alone. Like to me, this was better than that other match. That's but. fair. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's hard to rank them really. Um, I actually might give the edge to the trios match, the pay per view over this, but this was also like, I and mean, this was phenomenal. I mean, Aussie Open is is really good, and they mentioned that they won the. Uh, I think New Japan just added tag team. Uh, yeah. New Japan Strong yeah, just added tag team. Yeah, they're the first. They're the first. Are they? The, are they yeah, the tag the champs? Tag yes. champs. Oh, badass. Yes. Oh, speaking so, of New Japan, this is yeah. just a little bit. It's uh, their their crowds are back. We can they have uh, not crowds, but like uh, they can make noise again. Oh. Cheering is back. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Great. Because man, there's a certain match on the pay per view we're going to talk about later. That I mean, you talk about oh. the crowd making a difference mm-hmm. in a match that otherwise maybe would have played out not only felt differently but played out differently had the crowd not reacted the way they did but yeah we'll get to that yeah. in a minute so any other closing remarks on the AEW dynamite main event no it's it's, it's incredible like that's all you yeah, gotta go say like to watch it. go out of your way to watch this go out of your goddamn way to watch this it's incredible will and kenny and just fuck that just will being on AEW tv yeah it looks like maybe that was his last stop here for a little while not taking for granted how cool that yeah. shit is and how this is his time. There was a post match angle. Yeah, when the show went off, when the show TV. went off the air, um, the uh, United Empire did get the, some of their heat back, and they attacked the elite. Well, the important thing is, as Will said, this isn't over. It's far from over. So, I mean, they're definitely teasing oh, yeah. more Will Osprey, um, Kenny Omega stuff. So, yeah. So let's. Well, it depends which which camp uh, Osprey's in. Is he team? Punk? I doubt it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I yeah, doubt it too. Next up, we have AEW Rampage from uh, September 2nd, 2022. We open up with the Dark Order versus the Best Friends. We have Danhausen try to curse Hangman uh, for all the awful shit that he's done to, to uh, CM Punk, of course. Uh, Don Callis says that Hangman is his kind of guy because he cut out his best friends for money and power. <laughs> he, he repeats this line a few other times. Uh, there was a interesting sign uh, in response to a Triple H interview where someone said, "Develop these nuts, Triple H." <laughs> that was that, great. Yeah. That was that was something. Did we even talk about no. that? I don't remember if we yeah, talked but, about that. That is that that was a news bit I wanted to bring up earlier, and I completely forgot about it with all this well, other your stuff. To but talk about it, so I yes, Triple H did a fucking interview, a sit down interview, and just said some real dumb shit. <laughs> 
one of which is like he asked him like uh, about the war, the the Wednesday night war, and and AEW beating him, and and Triple H is like, yeah, you know, I watch it sometimes, and uh, you know, I you know, I, I keep up with it, but I don't really watch it a lot, like every week or anything like that. And um, he was like, he fucking like undersold what they did. He was like, oh yeah, good, good job, they beat. They beat our developmental system, but like Triple H, didn't he like say that they weren't? De- he has said that for anymore, years. And they're their own that brand. they were the third brand. Yeah. they're not developmental. Uh, yeah, when they first went head to head, they tried very hard to you know uh, you know put over NXT as much as possible. They sent main roster talent down there, which they never did before. Yeah, they spanned. Yeah. yeah, so it's he's full of shit when he says stuff like that, and. Uh, that was just uh, whatever. Also, so, yeah, the, that, that uh, sign, the other note, that, that sign uh, I think it was it was a promo Joe's video where you talking about how they don't watch it, but like they showed like literally behind the scene production at NXT where they have AEW on the other monitor, like actively watching it yeah, during yeah. their own fucking show. <laughs> Dude, our boy promo Joe always comes through with good <laughs> shit like that. I don't think he knows he's our boy. We need to tell yeah. him. <laughs> the match itself was uh, was pretty fun. Um, I they. Dark Order again wins off of a roll-up. There was a lot of goofy stuff, especially early in this match, and I yeah, knew there was going to be because yeah, you got the it's best friends in the yeah, match and yeah. Johnny Hungy. And the, but there was a little bit more than I thought there needed to be. Like, you got over the goofy stuff earlier, and they kind of kept up with mm-hmm. some of it. So I just it could have been a better match. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah. I thought it was okay. And it definitely established the Rampage side of the bracket as, like, the B side, the B side of the yeah, bracket. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty fair. We then had an Eddie Kingston versus uh, Ishii preview for the Zero Hour pre-show. Eddie talks about how he's a little farther on his King's Road journey, <laughs> which was a pretty meta acknowledgement. Like very on, yeah. the, very on the nose. I guess he's trying to get people to know what that is and stuff. And like, yeah, maybe look it up or something, which is cool. We then had Ray Phoenix versus Blake Christian in a pretty short, kind of nothingish match. It was fine. Um, Jr. compares Blake to Old Yeller at the end, which uh, kind of buried him. <laughs> Dude, oh my god, Blake Christian with his like puff hair and like you heard yeah, like you heard yeah, like yeah. two people chanting all heart and oh poor Blake Christian, what's going but on? But you know what? You know what? That sucks, but dude, his effort was so high here. And yeah. it, it's like he realized what an opportunity this was. Mm-hmm. His energy was so high, he was jumping as high as he yeah. fucking could. He was as intense as he could for what this was. I mean, Ray Phoenix was fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. The crowd loved him. I love Ray Phoenix. I, I like him as much as Penta. Sometimes I, I even like him more. I know I'm in the minority there. I just think he's so good and underrated. And he doesn't have as cool of a look, obviously. I guess but, T- Tony um, Khan sees something in Blake Christian, too, because he keeps booking him. So Good for him, too, because after that weird turn at the GCW <laughs> crowd, yeah. you, know, put, you know, it's good to see him on TV. And again, I thought he was really fucking good here. He was just wrestling with 100% intensity and that was for a match that was like a few minutes <laughs> you granted yeah. yeah but you know what you still see a lot of guys come up and they and they know they're gonna have a squash match yep. a short and they, match they get and, the boo-boo face and they just fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they do the bare and, minimum and they, or they just don't realize what an opportunity yeah. that mm-hmm. is and blake christian i mean that that's was my takeaway from this match like ray phoenix was awesome and over at the crowd but blake christian went at 110 percent Yep, I agree. He kind of looks like a, a, a bizarro Dante Martin with that hair, though, and like his little <laughs> Yeah. So, like, he should, he's probably looking at doing something about that. But. Looks ex- how does he look exactly like Dante Martin? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looks like the fucking Irish Dante. They, they gotta have, they gotta have a, they gotta have a match. Who get hair versus hair? 
So we get a brief uh, segment with Hook uh, that 2.0 interrupts, and Cool Hand Ange gets his match on Sunday. We then had Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello versus Ortiz and Ruby Soho. So the biggest proof of that uh, thing not being a work isn't so much that Eddie and Sammy was not actually on the pay-per-view. It's the fact that the whole no one wants to work with Sammy is pretty evident by the fact that he is the only guy who exclusively works rematches. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Just with the guys that yeah, will work like, with him. Yeah, pretty I mean, much. Like, when you think about it, like how many rematches are there in AEW? And it's like this match has been run back yeah. three times in a row. And I, I, you know, and I bet Ruby is fucking regretting that too, <laughs> yeah. being one of the only ones yeah, working. She's regretting that third one. Holy shit! There was Eddie Kingston chance at Sammy. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, the oh, crowd shit. was kind of hot for it. Uh, mostly just booing Sammy, chanted Eddie Kingston, "You suck." Not a popular guy, evidently. And then Ruby wins with a roll up. I, of course, this sucked. Honestly, the pre the pre show match was better, and they allowed more mixing it up, which made it better. But yeah, as far as like maybe that's like a TV thing. It could um, be yeah. Why mixed tag matches are bad, like on TV. But yeah, I mean, in this case, uh, like always, mixed tag matches are fucking terrible. And that takes us to the main event. Or, no, sorry, there's a Mark Henry sit-down with Jade and uh, Athena. That's what you were talking about earlier with the sit-down interview. Jade was whatever, but yeah, Athena fucking cut an awesome promo here. Yeah, it was pretty short, but there was, like, there was some the good The best fire. of her whole career. We then had a, another uh, interview with Tony with Swerve in Our Glory and The Acclaimed. The Acclaimed say that they're going to beat their Timon and Pumbaa-looking ass at the pay-per-view. <laughs> um, and then they also puts over that they have the best-selling shirt, which is their... Uh, Scissor Me Daddy has shirt. You better buy it, Dave. All that shit. Okay. Are you hearing do me, you, my simps? Do you, need shirt. do you need me to send you a link? <laughs> send it to my... Just just post it on my... Uh, you subscribe to my fucking fans league. Just, excuse me? <laughs> no. Oh, I wasn't supposed to mention that. Sorry, I went into business for myself. <laughs> mention that. You're oh, on. <laughs> Next up, we had FTR with Wardlow. They cut a promo. Dax says that uh, he used to feel like no one cared, but now the crowd's really behind them, and they've got a lot of momentum. The Motor City machine guns interrupt. They introduce themselves, say they represent the greatest city in modern civilization, Detroit, Michigan. Crowd hates that. And then Sanjay uh, insults, I assume, CM Punk when he talks about an eight-year-old brat. And that co- that's that's that until the paper. you just, you know, building up that. Good, good solid yeah. heel stuff. Uh, Alex Shelley cuts a decent promo. Stoked to see Motor City machine guns where they belong. Yeah. Before they stay. Dax is cool with working his eight-year-old daughter daughter's struggle into their fucking angle, but CM Punk isn't cool because he worked not being friends with Cole anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Straight up, dude. Uh, we then had the main event, QT Marshall versus Ricky Starks. Uh, so they in the in the you know pre-match uh, interview, Ricky reveals that you know he doesn't really trust his word that no one's going to intervene. So he locked the factory in a room so they wouldn't interfere with the match. Yeah, Pretty funny. Uh, they eventually do come out. Uh, the match itself was fine. Ricky kicked out of a diamond cutter at one. Yeah, he eventually wins. Really over in this match, uh, overcomes you know the odds with the factory there. And there's a post-match pull apart with Hobbs, and also Danielson comes out to confront Chris Jericho, who was on commentary. A lot they fit in a lot of stuff here. Uh, yeah, QT's awesome, <laughs> but in the you know the match was fine to get you know it's the last step before 
that Ricky has to go through. I would have liked to see, knowing what happens on the pay-per-view, like maybe it would have made more sense for Ricky to get fucked up more here, but... Yeah. Yeah, that might have helped a little bit. Wait, he did get left laying, right? No, they were pulled apart. Or no, oh, okay, it's, okay, okay. I didn't remember if that's what happened or not. Well, at least he got a chance to look fiery here and get the crowd behind him. Exactly, there. yeah. He didn't really get that on Sunday. QT's a great heel. Yeah, he's a he's yeah, he's a good guy to come up against on your He's the definition of a good hand, I hate to say. Try to compare him to someone in the old school. Um who he would have been. Oh damn. We'll think of it. Yeah, I'll think of it. Sue until you're rich and then sue some more. Sue, sue, sue your friends, sue your mom and dad. Everybody does it, so you know it can't be bad. My friend invited me to dinner at his house, so I brought along a little chunk of dead mouse. When he wasn't looking, I slipped it on my plate, screamed, oh my God, look what I just ate. I hope we're still friends, yeah, I hope you don't mind, but I'm gonna call my lawyer and sue you blind. Sue, sue, sue your friends, sue your mom and dad. Everybody does it, yeah, it's the latest fad. My lover has a dog, it's a cute little poodle. It's soft and fluffy, its name is Noodle. I told it to sit, roll over, and beg, but then it started humping and pumping my leg. It squirted on my pants, and I needed some money, so I took the opportunity to sue my honey. Sue, sue, sue your friends, sue your mom and dad. Everybody does it, cause there's money to be had. Hey everybody, we took a break. We took a short break. Um, we're back here. Lots of news has come out um, since we uh, last recorded uh, the first part and of the, the episode. Show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and a whole show since then. Uh, we've we lots lots have happened since we last recorded. Um, we split it up, but here we are back. We're gonna we're gonna review the the pay per view, and we've got lots more info. So we kind of have some answers that we wouldn't have had when we recorded this before. So uh, that's where we are now. Yeah. So the uh, obvious thing is that everyone involved with the uh, backstage uh, skirmish has been suspended. Uh, Punk additionally was injured. Um, not during that. Uh, supposedly it was during the match off of the uh, Tope Suicida. Uh, he tore his uh, either his tricep or his pec or both, and he'll be out eight months with surgery. <laughs> How convenient, right? Oh my gosh, dude! You know, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think he uh, he tore his pec fighting Young Bucks. That's what I think. <laughs> I'm calling that. I'm, I'm just with that train MMA it. background. You really think so? Oh yeah, dude. His blue belt. His blue belt. How, <laughs> like, is he like the only person in history that fucking thought he can fight with a blue belt? Like, did he go into professional I, fighting dude, with a blue belt? I, I don't. I'm not even sure he had it yet when he had his first fight. Oh my gosh! What the hell? I think he was a little. I think he may have been a literal white belt. I could be wrong. Oh my gosh, dude! He was literally like the Dennis Rodman of fucking like MMA in terms of like. Remember when Dennis Rodman wrestled in WCW? You know what? This is (laughs) this is a little tangent, but like that is some of the funniest fucking shit I've ever seen. Dennis Rodman in a fucking wrestling match, and it's super funny. But what's really funny is like. Well, it's not really, it's not funnier, but <laughs> Dennis Rodman continued to wrestle and he even wrestled on indies. And I remember seeing like a fucking DVD in, it was like in a fucking Walmart or a Kroger or something like that. And it was on Best a, Rodman. You, no, it was on a DVD rack and it was some like indie show and it had Dennis Rodman versus Kurt Hennig on it. And, um, it, but that was, that was like the cover of it. And I remember buying it and watching it and like, he had gotten pretty decent. <laughs> Oh man! Why did he do that? Why did he go around on indies fucking having matches? 
I mean, you know, he was just doing a lot of spectacle shit at yeah. the time. I used to get really excited. Like I, now, I kind of fucking scoff and hate like the the celebrities and stuff. But I used to get really excited to see the celebrities because I knew it was going to be super funny. Like the Jay Leno stuff is really funny, and oh like God. maybe it's bad too. But like it's it's real. They they just look so funny. Like some of those guys that they used to get to be in matches <laughs> and stuff. So I kind of miss that to be honest. I miss like the fucking hilarious unathletic celebrities in the ring like tripping over themselves and stuff like that. Well, Action Bronson looks like he's going to have a match here coming up. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. On it, but yeah, but can you like we're about to talk about that actually. That's a pretty good segue, but uh his throw is really nice. So I'm not going to lie about that. At least he can do that. <laughs> it's okay. Cool hand Andrew whatever got up for him. Yeah, true. Yeah. Speaking of Rodman just real quick, he ca- he came into the hotel once and uh, <laughs> I the valet that parked his car told me he said he tossed his keys at him said i'm here to fuck some white women okay. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> i was probably going to say his valet was christian oh. <laughs> yeah, dude, how did he talk to dennis man of yours and your shoe and the robins bro hey bro when the new robins coming out <laughs> i'm gonna get that shoe i feel like christian bro, i never told you but i kicked the shit out of someone in the face when i was wearing your shoe and that was at the cheddar's up by uh six flags <laughs> i feel like i feel like christian wouldn't agree with like rodman's like flamboyancy and stuff like that Man, i don't know about this guy bro <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a dress <laughs> ever tell you about how van damme tickled my palm with his finger gave me bedroom eyes <laughs> van damme Dude. They were shooting Universal Soldier too. He came in and went to shake his hand because he thought he was bad. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> he did tell us that Rob, yeah. that, that Jean Claude Van Damme tickled his palms. <laughs> he went to shake his hand because <laughs> yeah. he's bad, and he tickled. He gave him a little limp handshake and tickled his palm with his finger and gave him hey. Like that's what he says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He told us that story and I don't believe it for a second. Jesus but <laughs> now, what I Christian seems like the person that would like say all that shit about Rodman, but he meets him and Rodman's real nice to him and then he comes to work the next day with like green hair. <laughs> like the little bit of green hair. He's like, I wanna be like Rodman. Anyways, okay, so the pay per view. <laughs> Yeah, um, so the pay-per-view, we open up with their uh, pre-show, which they now call Zero Hour. Uh, it has a nice little ring to it. We open with uh, Deja Vu, Sammy and Ty versus Ortiz and Ruby. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we just just covered this. We'll say I will say, I'll give this, this match credit. It was pretty good. It was better than their other matches, and I think it's probably because they have... Because Ruby um, almost died. Well, no. Because yeah, they were just shooting on Ruby. That, that was rough, but like... <laughs> The match itself, like, it was better because, like, I guess they're allowed to do more since it's not TV. It's pay-per-view. Yeah. And, like, they're allowed to do, like, more, um, you know, male and female mix-up stuff. And so it was better. It was a better put-together match and it, at the very least. And, yeah, Ruby went through the ringer on this. You know, I want to talk about, like, some of the fucking bumps she took. She broke her nose. Yeah, well, I mean... the like fortunately that was the worst that happened i mean she took this one um i can't remember what it was but she fell on like her neck like at a really nasty angle yeah, yeah. sammy had her up, some, sammy had her like upside a double team maneuver yeah sammy had her upside down on her back uh on his back like he had her legs and she was like on his back and like facing down like her fucking face was in his ass basically and uh he was holding her and then ty conti came and did a drop kick uh, i say conti ty Mello came and did a drop kick 
And uh, she fucking hit the ground and just fucking landed right on her neck. And it was like, like fucking just totally bent. <laughs> it was pretty rough. Uh, there was also that crazy spot where she did the um, she did the dive to the outside and landed on her ass bad. Like it looked like her whole body like wrenched like oh, a fucking yeah. accordion. That was rough. Yeah. And then, of course, the finish. Uh, Time Mello got her in her uh, overly complicated, unneededly complicated uh, finish. Spun her around, kicked her right in the nose, broke her nose. That's a lame finish, and I don't. Nobody in the world probably gets excited about I'll it. I'll give her. I'll give her some credit at least. Like I think one thing I've noticed with the women is that they they tend to have finishes that don't necessarily land well, or they don't use a consistent finish. Yeah, it's and at trying least to- like Ty. You know, at least she's trying to get this finish over. To her credit. Yeah, well, she did. It broke somebody's nose. She landed it. it yeah, it broke somebody's nose. You know, but like, it's so like, it doesn't look good. It's not fast. It's like, it, it doesn't work to me as a finisher. It just looks like, just it looks silly. It looks like it doesn't need to exist, and it just fucking hurts somebody. You can't even control where your knee goes. Like you fucking just throw your knee. You fucking can't control it. It's, Especially after everything else she went through. <laughs> I can't believe. I can't believe nobody fucking told her not to do this. I I just don't understand. I'm pretty sure most people told her not to break her opponent's like, nose, but well, yeah, but like, I mean, not not to do that that finish. I'm like, why would you do this finish? It's terrible. It's awful. Mm. Like, it's. I it, actually don't hate the finish. I'll be honest. However, it's a weird one to do on TV because at some point, something about it's going to be out of the shot. Well, either you yeah. have your either you have your opponent completely out of the shot, yeah. or or you have them sideways when you turn and kick the. I guess the actual contact being out of the shot is is common for professional wrestling so maybe she needs to make sure she's doing it from the right angle if you're gonna break somebody's fucking nose you may as well have that in the shot and it kind of wasn't yeah but you can tell it was stiff she ruby instantly grabs her face yeah she's not trying to get any mileage out of the nose being broken for the camera either no not at all like she's just like holding he it held it the whole way yeah and... that's her mess up too like i guess like i mean <laughs> it's sad that she got her nose broken but like if you fucking get an injury, you might as well sell it. Yeah, you yeah. gotta show it. You know? yeah, but but like yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I think that the best um, the best finishes are ones that you can do to anyone, and something that you can. There's a lot of like balance and stuff like that where you can have like people reverse it, and you can make it exciting. You can sh- you can do things where like you work for it. There's a lot of setup. There's a lot of cooperation. It's just it takes forever to fucking set up. It just doesn't look good. It doesn't get. It doesn't like trigger that excitement and maybe it's because it's time mellow that that she's gonna do it like i mean you think about like Britt baker's lockjaw is cool she gets the she has something that you can like like grab onto which is the fucking glove and you're like oh she's got the glove and she goes for it and stuff like that they can roll around they can she can put it on and things like that then you have like like, the curb stomp is like a secondary finish yeah yeah and it's fast you can do it to anyone fucking athena's uh, the o-face you can do it to anyone you can come come at it from different angles. You can do it out of nowhere. It's easy to fucking reverse, so you can like tell a story with it and stuff like that. Like those are the best finishers in wrestling. And uh, yeah, Ty Mello sucks, and it fucking hurts somebody. So she needs to just like not use it anymore. That takes us to Hook versus Angelo Parker. In uh, Hook's probably most competitive match he's had yet. Uh, I thought this was a solid showing, though. I mean, he, you had the interference, obviously, from, like, Matt Menard. Uh, the post-match brawl interrupted by uh, uh, Action uh, Bronson. Did you guys think that was uh, Bubba Ray Dudley at first? <laughs> <laughs> I thought Vader was back. 
kinda, where's his mask? Kind of looked like how I'd imagine Vader would look if he came back. Oh my fuck! So he, we're this spoilers. He's not done with AEW. Nope. They're gonna. It looks like they're gonna do a tag match. We'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. What if he came out in Vader regalia? Oh my god, that would honestly be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be neat. <laughs> just like a like um, like an homage to Vader. Just call it a tribute. Yeah. But, like, you know, it can be, like, a sick Vader variant for the 2020s. A masturbatory <laughs> Vader tribute match. Do you guys yeah. think this hurt um, this hurt Hook at all by uh, him being saved by a non-wrestler? No, when, not really. When he's often, I, like, just crush people and he probably could beat up both of them or whatever in kayfabe at the same time. I don't really know where these guys' place is really on the card in terms of competitiveness. Yeah, because. it's hard to tell. Hasn't one of them been injured, and we haven't really uh, seen them a whole injured, lot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we haven't really seen how they're being booked in that regard a lot because they just haven't had a lot of matches. And Fair I enough. Can't really think yeah, of and much it's like well, the, uh, the JAS is yeah. like at a pretty high spot on the card, even though we kind of like I mean, they're they're definitely more of like a jokey kind of act. Like it's very over the top, but they're definitely in a higher position than a lot of other guys. So like eh, it makes sense. And like he's getting two v one, right? He really hasn't been so much in that position before i mean there was a little bit with the factory but the factory is like i just those are the jobbers I, of jobbers i totally thought that they were going they were like doing a repeat of taz versus dudley's feud in ecw and this was yeah, leading to cool like a, mention it yeah this, it was, i figured it was leading to like a like hook versus both of them in a handicap match you remember that dave we talked about that yeah, a little bit yeah, yeah. He was they like, forgot to do that my big takeaway here is that hook had to sell more than he ever has and he did a really good job, and I thought he did yeah. better than he did last time. I, I, went, I thought he did a better job than when I last saw him sell. Yeah. I can't remember when that was, to be honest, but I think he looked good here in uh, the competitive match. And that is my big takeaway. He looked, because, he looked um, a little uh, tired, but that's, uh, that's understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people that get booked as monsters when they have to do a competitive match. We saw Jade Cargill struggle with this early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, they they really struggle, but no, Hook uh, Hook's ready. He's ready to have those big you know big time matches. He doesn't need to just be booked in in squash matches anymore. Look, like, I think he's past that stage. Let me ask you a question, and I want to see if it lines up with me. Um, what part, like as far as the selling goes, what part stood out to you as like him being doing a pretty good job at selling? Do you remember? I remember. I, I don't, but I remember thinking that during a certain. Point. Mm-hmm. So there was a for me. It's I, the I way he kind of like braces himself for like shots and whatnot. It feels like this is how like like a, a trained fighter would act. Yeah. Well, there was okay. there was one spot that I really liked. Uh, it's when he was when he was fighting back. He's doing a good job of fighting from underneath, but he he doesn't like fire up or anything, which is good for his character. He doesn't like do like the you know like the Tanahashi yeah, yeah, yeah. fire ups or anything. Yeah. He, but what he did was when he did fire up, he looked very determined. And he looked kind of out on his feet, and he fucking did that that punch those punches in the corner. Like you know how he usually does those big punches in the corner, and they look yeah. really good. He was doing them, but it looked like he was selling at the same time, and it was so good. And I was like, damn, like that's that's the point when I was like, yeah, he's fucking good at this shit. Like because he just made that look like he was really trying to work for those punches. Wrestling like, may be the one sport where after you're ready, you then are not as good <laughs> as you were because. You know, anybody can be protected yeah. by being booked in squash matches. Yeah, people people become get exposed. Good enough, yeah, yeah. Once you get good enough, then you um, then you go on to get beat up a little bit. It's like okay, you're ready to get beat up. Angelo Parker, um, like it was really good. He played on that too, because like in the business, it's called being exposed. 
Like you don't want to go out there and be exposed. You overexpose yourself. And then you, the things that you, the, the negatives that you were hiding because of the booking, like start to show like a Goldberg or something like that. Like, like uh, William Regal exposed Goldberg when he beat the shit out of him. Right. Yeah. And that's really detrimental to you and your character. Uh, and, but like when Angela was beating up hook, he was like, I'm exposing you. I'm exposing yeah. you. <laughs> it was very meta. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. And I was like, no, hardly anybody's going to know what that means. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so next up, we had uh, Pac versus Kip Sabian for the uh, All-Atlantic Championship. Uh, this is uh, Kip Sabian's big return after, uh, I believe commentary said, 500-some days, so nearly Jesus. two years. Jesus, two years of wearing that dumb box. Uh, well, he hasn't been uh, wearing get, the box all of it. He was yeah. out, period, and then he came back with the box. The match was fine. Uh, his look is good. He looks like a yeah. star, but... Man, was this the spot a, not to put him in? He had a star in. reaction too. To be fair, he lost. He lost. I yeah, mean, he lost he that lost. big match. But like, why? Why couldn't you could have had him like against? You could have had a shorter Pac match where he beat somebody for the championship, and you could have did had him in a fucking really short match where he fucking wrecks somebody like a fucking squash or something. Wow, why did he? Why did they have him lose after oh, all this build? They probably should have done. And, they probably should have given him a win on TV. But um, and then it's okay. And then spoiler alert. He's right back to being Penelope Ford's bitch, and he came out wearing the box on his head. Yeah. What After the yelling hell? at the box. Yeah, what the, yeah, and he yelled at the box like oh, Al no. Snow. What? That's terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was very Al Snow. Is it too early to say they dropped the ball with this, or? I, I think it it's is just too early. I, I mean, they, I think they can still turn it around. We'll see. Um, yeah. You know, this week it doesn't seem like, and you're reading Rampage spoilers, it doesn't sound like he's going to show up unless they edit something in, but. Yeah, maybe a maybe a segment or something, yeah. like a little backstage segment or video package. Yeah, it's funny to do that shtick for a year and then yeah, you over end up a year on the pre-show getting beat. <laughs> it's like your return is the pre-show getting beat, but they have a big roster. They can afford for these guys to you know it didn't cost much from the show to see him in the crowd. In fairness, so they finally mentioned it. except for his paycheck. <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't know about his pay situation, but yeah, you spend all that time working this angle and then your spot is a loss on the pre-show. Wow, yeah, insane. It's just Yeah, it's testament to their roster and how big it is. Yeah. Well, it got a lot smaller recently. I liked the match, well, though, for what it's worth. Like, it wasn't your normal, smaller. like, I mean, he's a great athlete, but it wasn't your typical, like, high spot. It wasn't like, you know, Osprey versus Pac or anything, yeah. but um, I liked it for what it yeah, was. I it, thought it was a little good. different. You know, I thought, yeah, he was... He was bringing like um, he almost kind of re- reminds me of um, Alex Shelley a little bit in the way he was working the match. That's an interesting. Kind of see that, yeah. He, I, I actually, I mean, I, I don't remember a ton of his earlier matches in AEW, but I, I think that he is committing a little bit more to like this character yeah. and just like in him and uh, mm-hmm. Penelope, and we'll talk about her later. I, I think yeah. they both are like I, I enjoy that both of them perform like they are characters. I can't really remember the last time I saw him, but I got the impression that he's changed his in-ring style up a little bit. He did. That's what he's he doing definitely now. did, and it's pretty good. I think he's yeah, he's very solid. So hopefully they do something. <clears throat> Next up, we have Ishii versus Eddie Kingston. Crowd loved this. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, the first five or so minutes of this was just chops, and there was like a standing ovation for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. This was this was awesome. I mean, this was just a really solid match between them. Uh, Eddie goes over kind of as predicted. Uh, they kind of suggest there'll probably be a rubber match at some point. And, that would be fantastic. Yeah. 
when Ishii finally passes away, <laughs> finally, like we're waiting for him. Yeah, like when he finally kicks the pocket. <laughs> when Ishii passes away and he enters those gates in the afterlife, he is going to get a massive pop that he deserves, <laughs> that he that he has earned. Like God's going to pop for him. Time. He's going to be like, oh, shit, Ishii. He's going, oh, fuck. <laughs> When he goes to wrestling heaven, man, he's gonna get that pop when he hits the when he fucking enters those gates. Man, what an oddly spiritual he take! That's like it. the after, like the final reward. His yeah. uh, turmoil and yeah. suffering in, in on the mortal plane. Yeah, his sacrifice. He doesn't really get it here. There's a few people in the crowd that try to get an Ishii chant going, but there's not enough people that fucking care. But I, they loved the match, and that was probably reward enough. And I thought this was pretty good. It wasn't great, but hey, it's an example. Without the crowd, it wasn't super great, but you know, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. Well, hey, and you know what? This was a free match, so it's a free match. The crowd enhanced this, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think that's fair. And we're going to see that later in the card in the most significant way I've seen in a really long time. Yeah, for sure. To the point where I think the crowd reaction to the wrestler's credit, altered the actual match. Not just psychologically. I, th- I think the wrestlers made the adjustment. I think you're right. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so are we ready to get into the main show? Yeah, yes. that, that was the last one match yeah. on that show. Oh, yeah, okay. So the first match is the Casino Ladder Match. So participation-wise, we have uh, Wheeler Yuta, Ray Phoenix, Penta, uh, Andrade, Rouge, Claudio, Dante Martin, and the Joker. The Yoker? Uh, yeah, the Yoker. So, yeah, I mean, this was a, a pretty solid like you know, ladder match at first. Uh, the uh, Yoker comes out after a squad of goons disposes of everyone in the rings. He is wearing a mask, and he picks up... Well, first, uh, a masked man gets the chip. It turns out it's Stokely Hathaway. Uh, but he's not the Joker. He gives the chip to the Joker, who does not unmask here, and waits till after the main event to do so. Did you did you mention that all their goons were there? Like yes. all, yeah, and they were yeah, and they were hooded up too, and they all took yeah, they off all their unmasked. hoods, and it was Ethan Page and mm-hmm. Morrissey, Lee Moriarty, Morrissey, the Gun Club. Yeah. The Joker comes out and he has a mask on his face, <clears throat> but they forgot to mask his ass. <laughs> okay, and I would know that it's definitely I would covered. Know that ass, <laughs> it's covered, but he they should didn't have had a trench coat anything. on or something. They didn't do yeah, they didn't do anything to you know. <laughs> change the contours of that ass and i would know that ass anywhere that's mjf's ass you may as well not if you wouldn't have had a mask on his face it wouldn't have been more obvious to me uh, there was a lot of tells here i knew it when i saw him walking down the ramp like he was walking like mjf yeah um yeah spoiler it's mjf uh yeah it was they, either they, mjf or they were trying very hard to yeah. mislead yeah, and then they then when he got into the ring, he did MJS movement in the ring. Yeah. Uh, Davey saw his ass. Uh, he had like the oh, yeah. you know it's a guy with a big head. MJF has a big old head. And then the, <laughs> one of the biggest tells that I didn't notice when I watched it the first time was like when he when he got raised his arms, you saw like all the orange tanner on his arms. <laughs> did oh, you? Shit. I didn't realize his arms whole, were exposed. I didn't. I didn't notice it. Amber noticed it, so huh. <laughs> she was like, "He's just like he has orange arms." It's, it's MJF. Trump. <laughs> it's MJF. <laughs> but he's just because he, whenever he cuts promos, like it's you know he's always got all that like like tanner on his hands and shit like that. Yeah, they should have had him come out in one of those like inflatable suits. 
Right, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I think they wanted yeah. you to think, like, oh, this is, like, cool, not, like, it's a fucking fat bozo. <laughs> They should have had just Action Bronson wear the suit and come out, just oh do the fucking God. gimmick, and then he comes back later and the fucking just as MJ. It wouldn't be the first time wrestling had me. like a masked man that like wasn't a actually who it ultimately ended yeah. up being. That's true. Yeah. What's the most famous one? I can't even think. Probably the Ric Flair. Uh, who was the character? Uh, Scorpion. Black Scorpion. Yeah. 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 That's, that has. Uh, that was exactly. That was. What I was that thinking. was him though. That was him though. No, no. Uh, it, there was I, like, I think, I don't it, think was. it was. There was like three other people that they had under that at different Really? Places. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got worked, brother. <laughs> really? Because they didn't even know who it was going to be. Yeah. yeah that was I, really? Problem. I could have swore they did because he had that match with Ricky Steamboat and stuff. And it was Flair. Uh, it may have. One of the matches may have been Flair. Yeah. I, I think ultimately when they decided, I think one of them uh, may have been Flair. But all along it wasn't because they didn't even know who, who it was going yeah. to be. Okay. Black Scorpion. <laughs> Uh, but this match was fun um, overall, but yeah, the big story is obviously who the Joker is. We then have the AEW Trios title match, which uh, you know, turned out to be for nothing. The Elite versus the Dark Order. This was real. I thought this was a really fun match. I think probably in-ring quality-wise, this was probably the best match on the show. But yeah. Pro Wrestling Magic puts over a different match. Yeah, pro Wrestling Magic, to me, is more important than a good match. But yeah. I, I would put them... I, you know, I've got those two things as equals. You think so? I, I there's just something because yeah. you don't get pro wrestling magic is more rare than a good match. Yeah, no, that's true. And like but, it's special, I mean, it's, it's so yeah. special, and like it makes the worst matches like just so memorable that you can go back and it watch can. them again. Like like Hogan Rock, you know, like that's some fucking CM Punk John Cena is C- the one that yeah. comes to my head from yeah. you know 20, 2011. Yeah, that was a fucking sloppy fucking match. <laughs> Nick Gage, from, Matt from Cardona. Side is mu- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Too but for me, for me, that is at least pretty much every you know main event went from my childhood, barring like a few. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this was really good. I mean, the the uh, especially as it neared the end, where you had so many like near falls, where you were just convinced that you know either guy, either team's going over. Um, but the, fin- the actual finish is that. Uh, Hangman goes for the buckshot while Silver's holding down Kenny, but Kenny ducks. He hits Silver instead. The Bucks jump Hangman, and uh, Kenny pins John Silver to pick up the win for them. And, of course, those titles are vacated now on Dynamite, but... They ran off some of the fumes from the Kenny Hangman stuff, and the crowd was fucking into it. Oh, yeah. They, that was, they like, really spaces. brilliant put together, because at first, when I was first watching it, when they had the face-off and people were crazy for it, and then they fucking like they fought it off, right? And at first I was like, man, did they just blow the fucking like face off between Kenny and Hangman? Like, is that all we're gonna see? And now they just blew the fucking pop. And then at the end, when they finally got in together by themselves and everybody was out on the floor, the crowd went even more insane. And I was like, God damn, dude, that's just they're so much better than I can even comprehend. Like what's going on yeah. here. That they knew that that was gonna happen, and yeah. that's how they set up the match. And like God, you would think like they would just wouldn't fucking touch until they were ready to do that, and then it was it would have been huge, and it that wasn't the case. They gave the fucking tease at the beginning, and it was fucking huge at the end. It was just nuts. Like that's just that blows my mind, honestly. And I feel like the cr- crowd, and I want to mention this, was more behind Hangman. Like they still had Hangman's back. Yeah. And I don't think by Wednesday <laughs> that was the case anymore. Um, where Hangman continued a prior feud 
where he was the super baby face. Yeah. And without making any kind of heel turn, he was no longer the super baby face. Different town and different different set of circumstances. Still one of the hot crowds. I was actually really surprised hmm. by that turn of events, but we'll get to that in a minute. I just wanted to point out that the Kenny Hangman stuff was awesome. Yeah, for sure. The crowd was really behind Hangman here still. Yeah. The crowd. I mean, the crowd was definitely really into Kenny too, though. Um yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm not saying they weren't behind Kenny as well. I'm just, I just wanted to note that they were behind Hangman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also wanted to note that they both did an excellent fucking job. I just want to put that over before you know. Obviously, we already talked about. We've already talked about what CM Punk ultimately said about Hangman. If he's such an empty-headed fuck, <laughs> how is he able to fucking do this? And be as over as he is, and have really fucking awesome matches. Yeah, you know? and as I said too, it's like fucking... I mean, if if this is someone putting on these awesome matches with supposedly you know minimal like you know veteran no advice, then like you know what's yeah. your fucking excuse, Punk? He he probably has veteran advice, right? I think what well, I he's, think what he's come man, up I, with. I, watched... I mean, think about who he's been surrounded with his entire so, career. Like, well, so since then, I watched um I watched the uh, that interview in question, and it I can see why CM Punk like got annoyed with it, but at the same time, I understand. Which interview? I'm sorry. It, okay, so he's sitting on the ring and he's doing like a um. It's a pretty casual he's doing like a he's like he's he's doing it. He's doing, yeah, he's doing a, a, like a seminar almost like interview and like, cause he's, I think he's at like some wrestling school it looked like. And then somebody asked him about like the advice that he got from like Sting or, uh, or whoever it was. Punk. And it was Sting and Sting. Punk. Oh yeah. Sting and Supposedly. Punk. And he's like, and he just says like, he's like, well, I don't really get advice from them. If they talk, I'll listen or whatever. And we talked about this, but to me, it seemed like where Hangman was coming from was that like, he's beyond the point where he needs to go like, um, Mr. Sting, can you watch my match tonight? You know, well, it's like, definitely beyond that. Yeah, point. yeah. And so, but but I think what CM Punk was probably like. I see both sides. I think what Punk was probably upset about is like he could probably still learn something from him and Sting, who have drawn you know a lot of money for a lot of years and things like that. And and, and sure, you know, and Hangman's been at the top too. But there's probably something that he can learn from anyone. But and in, in in CM Punk's head, he was he came off as like a know-it-all but i don't think that that's what hangman was trying to do yeah i mean and it, like it came across as like half in character too like it's just like the yeah. way it was was just it it seemed a little kayfabe um but yeah, yeah i'm sure punk could probably teach him a lot about how to screw your friends to make a quick buck but um, yeah how to get lawyers involved <laughs> well I'll, I'll say this i didn't see it but out of kayfabe, just based on what he said, he's not saying he wouldn't listen to those guys. He's just saying, I actually don't. He's being honest. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't. CM Punk has a weird fucking fetish about backstage etiquette. Right. When we saw that video of him when he was fucking 20 years old yeah. and he threw a fucking chair and hit his opponent in the face, somebody apparently he was friends with, and then walk by, walks by him, spits in his face and says, let that be your first lesson in the business. Like <laughs> yeah. he is fetishized shoot interviews with veterans talking about backstage etiquette, not listening to the veterans. There was the Kevin Owens thing yeah, where Punk shows up on a card he's not on and expects everybody to fucking like line up to shake his hand and ask, you know, yeah. do you have any advice for a wrestler? He has, he seemingly, and I've heard him talk about this before, like backstage stuff. He seemingly has a weird fetish about that. Well, guess what? Things have changed, and number one, you have to earn that. You can't, you can't demand it. And things have fucking changed. Like, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not saying he's right or wrong. 
and I'll make a baseball analogy. I know we're not like a big sports, big sports guys. I'm not really actually. Anymore. I thought we were going to rebrand as a full uh, baseball podcast after this. This was our last uh, little four way in wrestling. Yeah, monster shot podcast. It's, we're going <laughs> to cover our favorite home runs through baseball history, starting with Bill Mazarowski in the 1961 World Series. This is okay. this is too much inside baseball. <laughs> literally. literally. <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, but there's a thing in baseball where you behave a certain way. And you mm-hmm. when you hit a home run, you don't show emotion. You run the bases and you do your thing and you don't show people up and blah, 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 blah. And guess what? Like the new generation isn't so much about, about it. And so there's a lot of fire back from like the old heads. There's, there's, but things, there's, there's change. And, there's and guess value what? This, this, in that though. There's value. I, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. But I'm saying these this generation, they wrestle different. They they act different. They're not necessarily disrespecting people. Probably the backstage etiquette has changed too. But from Punk's perspective, I think he is fucking weird about it. I think he fetishizes it. I think he demands respect rather than commands respect, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Probably fucking Hangman doesn't go to him because he's a fucking dickhead and everybody fucking knows it. So why would he go to him? And he's probably, I mean, you it know? seems like a lot of people that are, you know kind of in punk's corner more generally i mean it doesn't seem like there's a ton of people that are on his side on like this whole situation but in general a lot of the people that are like you know team punk are more or less marks for lack of a better term you know they grew up where he was their favorite wrestler you know yeah hangman didn't say oh i don't no i don't go to those guys next question he said i don't really go to him but i'll listen and and being honest what do you want him to be like oh yeah i go to those guys all the time and it's a lie like what does punk want you know early reports on punk in his first few months was like he kind of isolates himself a little bit in the back i I think that was the reports i was reading Mm -hmm. so you know maybe he's not really making himself as available hangman doesn't need to do that either and i don't care what anyone says that fucking guy has worked around plenty of veterans even by the time he got to aew and people may have not known who he was by the time punk came in hangman didn't need to go to punk if Punk had something to say, he said he would listen. But he, he might have. He was champion. With that said, CM Punk also was a champion in WWE and stuff like that. Like he fucking did that podcast, the Colt Cabana, famous Colt Cabana podcast, complaining how they did things. So, like, what is he gonna like? Where did well, he learn uh, how to do all that shit? You know, a Punk's run. The part that was fascinating was he did a great job in it, but. Yeah, it was really the booking stuff. Once he had the title for a really long time, I don't think his run as champion once like he got the belt was very good. Yeah, like I just don't. I don't think I he think, really. I think that's. I think that's more on booking. I think that's more on booking because it was the weird Kevin Nash thing and then the Triple H thing and like that derailed him and then they wanted him to be babyface and he was a cringe babyface. Yeah, um, but dude, Hangman's Hangman didn't get any favors on the booking, so it's the same thing. I don't think it was but, as so bad how, how, though. He had lots of opportunities. Dude, he was coming in. They had him like in the middle of the card in a very unprominent fucking place. Well, the Danielson stuff was was his first feud. The Danielson stuff, and then it went downhill after that. You know, and we didn't want to see Adam Cole and that colored our fucking. Well, I think I though- think part of it too was like, I mean, who who was in the main event when Hangman was champion? Yeah. It was CM so, Punk. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, dude, guess what? Like, Hangman's first feud was better than anything from CM Punk's championship. <laughs> that shit with Danielson well, was true. fucking awesome. The match, the two matches they had, were were fucking great. CM dude, Punk didn't just, get to do those, anything as champion though. 
I mean, yeah, are you okay, talking? But, are you talking about his uh, like WWE championship runs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. what I'm, I'm talking about. Is yeah. Okay. So, fair enough. Dude, that that first feud was great, and then they had him with you know Adam Cole, and like you said, Punk was hogging the main event shit. Yeah. So the first Adam Cole match was what, dude? That first, the program leading the first Cole match sucked, and they didn't really have it on a prominent place in the card. It, it felt it felt very undercard. Yeah. Sometimes we didn't even see him on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it was bad booking. But the second Adam Cole match, as much as we were dreading it on Good Friday with the fucking crucifixion <laughs> spot, that match was fucking great. I yeah. mean, we all fucking loved yeah. that shit. And then we get to the punk stuff, and guess what? That's when he finally went over with me because you guys all loved the build. Everybody loved the build, and I'll, yeah, I'll admit, I did like the build. More I was in the minority show. there, like when when he ran up and and finally overcame Kenny. Everybody loved that, and it was money, and the crowd was going nuts. I wasn't really feeling it, to be honest. Uh, but that's all, I'll admit that's probably on me. Maybe I missed some shows leading up to that. But dude, when he made a challenge to CM Punk. I thought he did the best job of anybody, and everybody worked that. Kingston, Danielson, everybody, um, every not Danielson, MJF. not Kingston, and MJF. Yeah, everybody worked that way against him. Mm-hmm. But I thought Hangman making the challenge to him and getting his face, you know, I and it felt like, dude, he's even ready to spend some of his fucking babyface capital making a challenge to this guy. And I fucking loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure somebody else mentioned Cabana too. By the way, reference. Oh yeah, we, I found this. Uh, the MJF explicitly said like, "Oh, like when Punk's not happy, he'll sue you." Like, yeah, <laughs> an explicit yeah, yeah. So, reference. I mean, Way more explicit. I, I, than yeah. I don't know. Rights. I don't know how that's a. I don't know how that's a. Uh, a, a shot at Cabana though, because he didn't sue Cabana. Cabana sued him. Now they countersued Cabana. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, so I'm. I mean, well, anyway, why wouldn't um, you? I mean, if yeah. like Devil's Advocate, well, well, I guess, I'm not why, saying, I'm why, not saying why, why wouldn't you counter Sue? Well, ask MJF. Yeah. So, okay. Um, the um, I want to go back a little bit to like etiquette and things like that. I feel like, and I feel for Punk on this, even though he does fetishize it, like you're right, like he goes too far. Um, I do think, and, that's, he, and I, he's always thought that he's deserved it before he really you're, did. You're right. Opinion. You're right. Um, and like he never commanded it, you know, he was never a Bob Holly guy or anything like that. He's right to an extent, like some of the etiquette in pro wrestling is kind of gone and that is bad. And that is why people like fight. And like, I feel like, so the whole thing well, about like, the handshake, this, it really right? wasn't issues of fights. Well, I know, I know, I know like the, 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 the handshakes, um, are mostly gone now. Right. Like you do the workers handshake, you walk around, you, you shake everybody's hand. Uh, when you arrive at the arena and things like that. And that was something that I was taught. And the, the reason why you do that is because, you know, you're supposed to be working together, right? You're supposed to be working together to make money. It's the idea is that you you go and you talk to everybody and like, hey, we're here to make money tonight or whatever. Do you think and, that's been going on, on in big stage wrestling, though? Well, from what years? I understand, and I remember Janela was talking about this, is he said that that's almost gone now. And like... Yeah. um yeah, I think that the Young Bucks and those guys are like, they don't want to do that kind of thing. It seems like the kind of thing that they wouldn't care to do. And I can't see that happening in yeah. 1990s WWF right. or WCW either. <laughs> no, it was definitely happening back then too. But like, that's the thing is like, if they had to do that, they would have had to like talk to Punk at some point. I feel like this generation, um, even though there was, there was, there were like, you know, there was problems back in the day too, but. I feel like this generation, like, they bottle a lot of stuff and then it comes out and it's like really bad. 
you know and maybe that's why cm punk said it in public like it's just he's he's like ready to fucking fight and nobody else wants to fucking talk talk to his face you know until it finally happened yeah. and it's something they bottle it up it's like the fucking like it's just the way the culture is now like i mean maybe but at the same time i mean people have been if they, if they if they are just bottling it up, it's been bottled up pretty well because it really hasn't been that much like real backstage drama yeah. in a long time. Well, I think the guy who bottled it up was CM fucking Punk. Maybe because yeah. that that program that happened with Adam Cole or sorry Adam Page where he didn't like what he said that was late spring. Yeah, and this motherfucker gets hurt, holds on to it. Well, well after the fact, oh, the whole time he's yeah. gone, he bottles it up. Then he comes back. He fucking is working a program with Mox, Moxley and still has to get his shit in because he held the grudge because he bottled up. He couldn't have fucking okay. dealt with it in that time. Zoom call. Consider right? that <laughs> you got to get your shit back. And then, hey, and then here's it's not even so much the thing about Punk lamenting the loss of wrestling tradition in like a reasonable way. You, we've got the story about how. He was saying that, hey, I'm, I'm the locker room leader back here with around a bunch of other veterans during his WWE days. And we had the story about how Booker T and those guys were laughing at him. Yeah. Because he was fucking like labeling himself the locker room leader. Like once again, demanding it. Yeah. So I think I think it's more about Punk's weird like desire to be adored and respected rather than like a well, lamentation of the actual Consider this traditions. though. Consider this. If... You had like if it, like if if he was holding on to that for all that time, and the the handshake protocol was still in effect, and everybody got to the arena that day that he fucking um said that stuff about Hangman on TV, and they had to fucking shake hands, you know, when they when they arrived at the arena that they might not have like sparked a conversation and maybe that would have never happened. Well, how about think that, fucking like, he, Punk reaches out and says, hey, man, good shit, but let's keep that Cabana shit off limits, man. That shit's fucking... Maybe, yeah. I, I don't want that shit see, coming out in, in yeah. character and stuff. To me... That, that was a bad time. Do, do you think Hangman would have been like, nah, fuck you, I'm going to use it, you piece of shit? See, exactly. He probably wouldn't. He'd probably been I'm like, saying. oh, no problem, dude. That's what I'm saying. And that's why those, like... That's why those protocols are, exist. That's why that etiquette exists. That's why it's part of well, etiquette. We, yeah. But we got something now. Yeah, but that's punk. That's on punk. I remember having to shake people's hands that I didn't like or I was mad I at. I remember Masada I was pissed that, at me. I remember fucking I remember yeah. Masada was pissed at me and he had to shake my hand and he told me to get the fuck away from him. I remember that shit and like like but he still did it, you know? And it was still like it's respect. I don't like you, but there's some respect, you know? Like you you're all supposed yeah, you're I, supposed I, to respect I, each other and I don't know if that's there a, to work I mean, together. I'm in enough situations where you were forced to do something. I don't know if that's so much respect or just like, oh yeah, you know. Well, well, shake, you know, you're the, this guy's you're hand right. tradition. It's, it's it's like, but it's also like it's like whenever you get like kids get in trouble, and you know the parents are like, you guys need to fucking apologize. You might not want to, but the parents are gonna make you apologize, and it might fucking extinguish the fucking problem that was happening, even if they didn't really mean it. So another thing that would have extinguished it would have been a text message yeah. or opening up a line sure. of communication to let the to let the guy know, hey, that was yeah. kind of off limits, but, man, what, but, but you know, good shit, it's fiery, but let's keep that out of here because I don't want that coming out. I'm sure. not fucking well, happy about that time of my you're life. You're right, but they also have like their and, egos and everything and like what what, what yeah. but they need oh, that yeep, yeah. they might they they might need like that fucking open line of communication yeah. like like the fucking handshake fucking yeah. offers, you know? 
Like, sure. Well, we'll call Tony and, and make. make I'm it. just speaking of that. speaking of Tony. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to uh, like, do something that Tony did not have the balls to, and kind of uh, cut this off and move on. <laughs> I'm sure we will revisit okay, yeah. this later in the episode, but we do have right. a bit of a pay per view to cover, and then uh, Dynamite. All right. No, all right, no. All right. You know what, Doc? I've got a business to run here. <laughs> Fuck you. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> <Don't> shake hands. <laughs> I'm just messing. But anyways. Um, so let's get on to the next match. So we had Afina versus Jade Cargill for the TBS Championship. Uh, the highlight: Jade was dressed as She-Hulk, uh, which uh, gave uh, Joey some uh, reminders of uh, some pledges Me? from his youth. Me, uh, me. You're the one who brought yeah. it up. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just putting it out. He pulled out. He pulled out his. No, TV no, no, photos. no, no. <laughs> I did. I did post in the Discord, and I said, "Who wore it better?" And posted two pictures side by side. So yeah, Jade. Who did wear it better? Let us know, listeners. Yeah. Who wore it better? Um, but yeah, so Jade was dressed as She-Hulk. Um, I thought this was probably the best match that she's worked, uh, probably in the company. Um, Athena was decent here. Uh, she immediately went for the O-Face, but she ultimately ends up losing, which we were pretty surprised by. In the match, we was the short. Time, but... it was short. Yeah, I was going to say, do we have the time uh, for this let match? Me look up real quick. So I think this started a trend on this show of four minutes 20 seconds 420 yeah four (laughs) four 20 flashback to my man in tempe so this kind of started a kind of a trend with the booking decisions of this show that left fans scratching their heads and it was very you know for a big long program this they fucking had this program for going for a long yeah. fucking pretty time. much the longest yeah, thing of anything like, on this card jay's been ducking her jay's been ducking her i don't to know have a four minute and 20 second match that it's not like it was a spectacular four minutes and 20 seconds it was fine it was okay of, yeah yeah but to have that finish just it was very shocking when she just pinned her like and there wasn't buried, a dramatic kick out it buried yeah. athena like she hit the yeah. she hit her finish in the first like in the opening moments of the match and then like she kicked out, and then Jade kicked out just to beat her really fast. Oh, there was some interference like, and whatnot. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like? It, wouldn't that be the thing that buys you? Like, like as a match layout, that would be the thing that buys you time. That would be the thing that makes you have a long match with yeah. one Jade Card Cargill. And no, why, she buried I her think, finish, and she buried herself. And I, I think I, one way you could have improved this match uh, and not have a buried Athena if she kicked out of Jade's finisher at least once, yeah. at least the first time. I think the crowd would have popped for that. I'm not sure. Probably somebody has already. I'm not sure. I don't if they think have. anyone has. No like way an agent told her to they, do that, though. There's no way. Do, and you know, and you know, to to fucking have her kick out of her finish at the beginning for a short match like that, it buries oh. it buries her and it buries her. Finish. Did she kick I feel out like or was, was it? Um, because I know Kiara got involved. I can't remember if that was she, it. Or she not. did kick out. She did kick okay. out. We saw another finisher getting used early in the match and kicked out of that, too it's it's a thing and it's just like kind of mm-hmm. makes sense because it's like if you're still fresh and you're not beaten up you're more likely to kick out a finisher than you are later in the you, match. you are kind of makes like, sense in kayfabe you are but it should but, buy you some time because it's a big move that's a, like finishers are something that you do like in an angle when you run in run into the fucking ring and you hit somebody and they get they're laid out forever they just get laid out that's like yeah. the fucking yeah. exclamation point yeah, of a right. fucking feud like this is if you hit somebody with the finish you either win the match or it buys you a lot of time, and it's time for Jade to sell for the first time really in her career. So you're like, saying there's some problems with pro wrestling logic. I'm saying there's a lot of problems with pro wrestling buy, logic. That. <laughs> That's bad. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying it was really bad psychology, and 
It's yeah. I, I the, like that's horrible. I that, think again. I think, I think one way too, to make. I want to make a quick point about like the match time, and uh, it'll come up again a few other times as well. I think they might have just this might have been a product of just how many matches they had on the card. Maybe they mm. should have nixed the fucking finish then. They should have or not finished, but they should have nixed. Yeah. They should have nixed the O face then because that Maybe, was yeah. that fucking. She that, just she just buried that, her own finish and she buried herself. Oh, and a way to get a baby face over as a badass is to have her kick out of Jade's finish at yeah. least once. Like that she still been, lose the match or whatever. Yeah, that would have yeah. been fine. Like, like yeah, that yeah. would have been. The crowd cool, would have popped for yeah. it. It would have made her look strong. She still. If Athena lost. did that, shame on her. If it, if that was Athena's idea, yeah. she's like, oh, I want to. She just wants to get her shit in or something. Because that seems like something that she would do, knowing her yeah. as talented I'm not as she is. Get to do it, so, yeah. well, we kind of talented as she is. That's a that's a that's something that she would do. Yeah, I know. We <laughs> straight you've, up, you've criticized like her with like match psychology and whatnot is like yeah. you know not necessarily uh, to the level of like her other abilities and whatnot. Even in NXT, yeah. we talked about that a lot. Yeah, and like yeah. So if that was her, shame on her, and I hope she fucking learns a lesson. Because like if you're a promoter and you see that, like what value do you have anymore? if you're going to do things like that i i would see that but you know in this day and age maybe not all right so next up we had a brief backstage segment of uh alex marvez with punk and a steel uh, punk's walking his dog and talking about how moxley's going to be fighting not just him but a steel his dog his wife the entire crowd everyone in the state of illinois everyone in the city of chicago everyone in the world mox is in the super handicap match so that's so cringe. Like you're not <laughs> yeah. fighting. You're not fighting me. Like he's not fighting me. I don't, right. like, that's so stupid. We then had the Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal versus FTR and Wardlow. Uh, Sanjay is wearing the fight like an eight year old brat shirt. All proceeds go to the uh, CM Punk uh, legal campaign. And uh-huh. uh, Saban <laughs> keeps uh, pointing to Detroit on his hand. Uh, Excalibur has to explain that that's like a thing that people do in Michigan. <laughs> and taz is asked, it is that actually a thing that y'all do yeah we point to where we're from because it's like do you, michigan's a for mitten, real right so we like i don't usually do that but a lot of people do they're like oh where are you from and they'll oh. like you know point on the hand like where you're from all right so you, you can confirm that have you ever done that before yeah i mean i've done it before but you fucking mark <laughs> just kidding what if you went to what what if you went to point on your hand where you're from and overnight you've grown some hair on your palms and everybody sees it. What part <laughs> of Michigan is the hairy palm? Well, sometimes people will be like, you know, they'll like they'll like point at like their like they'll have put their hand up to. I don't know. I mean, it's I've never had that issue as far as growing hair on my palms. And hey, next time next time somebody does that and holds their hand up to show where they're from, spit right in their hand and be like, oh, there's Lake Superior. <laughs> well, that's not on the hand, right? That's uh, but yeah, obviously it only works if you're from oh, the okay. Lower Peninsula. The Upper Peninsula, that's uh, you know, okay. a little like weird. <laughs> dolphin shark thing well whichever applicable great lake works better then yeah but also that you also had excalibur and taz they asked about you know he's like what do you call people from detroit and he uh, said that it's a detroiter and he had never heard of that before so i haven't either it's the first time i've heard that i didn't even hear taz say it so well excalibur said it because taz had asked oh excalibur because he's from detroit detroiter yeah detroiter okay wait excalibur's from detroit yeah you are kind of the Excalibur of the show. That makes sense. <laughs> it's a weird coincidence, isn't it? But <laughs> are you Excalibur? No, I am not. Wearing a you mask. Know, I, I know it would be a, you know, obviously that the whole mask thing would maybe suggest that he could be anyone. But no, I'm not Excalibur. 
Alright, so the actual match, um, it was mostly, it felt like it was a uh, FTR versus Motor City Machine Guns match with uh, Jay Lethal and Wardlow as kind of these side acts. <laughs> they weren't really the focus of most of the match, I felt. It was just a we- it was a weird match uh, completely. The match was okay. It was just a- it was just to have like a really good feel good moment in the show. Um, I feel like there was it was a very heel heavy like show, and uh, yeah, it was just to have a good feel good moment. Yeah, with the, with the ending. Yeah, the ending. So like obviously, uh, lethal uh, hits lethal or hits two d- lethal injections or a double on uh, FTR. Wardlow comes in, hits him with his uh kind of you know weird wind up lariat and hits. Four power bombs on him to win. Samoa Joe comes back. He takes out uh, Satnam Singh with his uh, you know ROH uh, TV title belts, and then he throws Sanjay in the ring. And Dak's daughter comes out and pins him, and breaks his pencil too. Um, Motor City Machine Guns looked great here. Uh, they look like they belong. Uh, they definitely are a team that have long been uh, long needed to be on TV. Yeah, for so sure. It was awesome yeah, to see them. They were amazing. They, yeah, they were really good, and they did look like they belonged. And they also, you know, were doing a traditional heel style. Oh yeah, which really really worked for this match, but it didn't quite showcase their abilities as wrestlers in a traditional AEW fashion. With that said, I respect what they were doing. Yeah, it, and it fit for the whole thing. Like like I said, it was just meant to be like a. A good feel-good moment. We were, it wasn't gonna. Ha- this match didn't have like huge stakes or anything like that. It was just, you know, it was just really good, solid, and it was perfect to have like an old school style for this. It was good. But that takes us to our favorite segment for this week: Does Wardlow sucks? Yes. Um, <laughs> I thought he was fine in this match. I thought he was decent. He wasn't really in it much. He was just there. For That's his, true. Like, That's true. What he was there for, he did good. I will say. But... I will say this is the first time I can't definitively say that he sucked. Um, but you gotta work you know, again, like man. you said, he was kind of yeah, he was kind of protected here. He can, you know, exonerate himself here. But I think he's been listening to our uh, show. Yeah, I was gonna say what? that later. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, really? we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, that was that match. Uh, we then go to the second weird match: Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks. Uh, this was five minutes and five seconds. It felt like it was two seconds almost. Uh, it was a little competitive at first, then Cobbs kind of hits the spine buster out of nowhere and wins. Another absolute fucking shocker head scratcher. Yeah, shocker yeah. head scratcher. It you know it's not like the, if they would have had a really competitive match, went on for a little bit, and Ricky looked fucking awesome and took the loss. All good. He kind of was getting his ass kicked for the majority of the match. Couldn't really make a huge baby face comeback before he was pinned. Yeah. Yeah. And really couldn't, didn't get a chance to get the crowd on his side. You thought this was like his chance, like his big fever pitch. You know, what it tells you is that they're going to continue this feud, but you build to this match and then Mm -hmm. you have it be so Well, how do you build to it again, right? He went through the whole factory. Like, is there another set of like goons he has to go through? Well, I feel like. They're trying to keep the sympathy on him, and I don't know that they need to do sympathy on Ricky Starks. I agree. I don't know. I don't. I. I. I mean, maybe they should because, like, the way he got has gotten over so far is by like great matches with with losses, like big matches with losses, and like, um. So maybe they do, but it's it's hard to say. I. I, I feel like he's past that point, but I mean, we'll see what, what they do next. I mean, I imagine they have a big match planned for Arthur Ashe. So 
Next up, we had Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaimed for the AEW Tag Team Championship. Of course, we open up with the rap. Uh oh, oh hit shit. the music. Yo, listen, listen. Yo, yo. Acclaimed gonna bring the scissor to the paper champion. Y'all are so boring, it's like I'm taking Ambien. Yo, let me get a pillow. How are you gonna put me in a match against Lizzo? All this talk about whose house, you can all call uh, me daddy because I'm t- telling you to move out. Yo, the, ball, the belts need an update. We're gonna leave you on the floor like the documents at Trump's place. Who the fuck is Lizzo? I don't know. We're old, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're old. But we can still rap. Yeah. Yeah, we're rappers. Um, this is, I, I think, our unanimous pick for a match of the pay-per-view, uh, surprisingly. Uh, I don't think we have... This is my pick. I don't think we... Okay, Lizzo, I just looked it up. Lizzo is a <clears throat> heavy-set singer. Oh, yeah, okay. was like, the implication uh, was her... that he was talking about Keith Lee, but I don't know what Lizzo looks yes. like. Kind of looks like Keith Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the... That, he, does that's he actually kind of look like Keith Lee? Is it dead she on? She kind of does. Okay. She kind of does. <laughs> she? Um, Did you say she? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this match was awesome. Uh, the crowd was super into it. Uh, the in-ring quality was also really good, too. Um, I, I think, you know, like Davey said, there definitely was some, like, adaptation to it. Because, like, I don't think anyone realized just how over the acclaimed was. Oh, my God. This match, yeah. This is ma- this was match of the show for me. It had the pro wrestling magic. The, sh- the match was actually really good, too, like, yeah. quality-wise. Like you said, um, it had a great story. You know, they had the Anthony Bowens knee. It had double heat. Like, w- when was the last time you saw, like, a good classic hot comeback like this? I guess, like, maybe the Briscoes FTR matches. But, like, man, the two hot tags they had in this match were fucking insane. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like... And as I, I think you kind of tell that, like, with, like, how over the acclaimed ones, because, like, Swerve and Lee have been mostly babyface champions and whatnot, but, like, even, like, Keith Lee was kind of leaning into, like, the heat a bit. Like, yeah. you could tell, like, when he, like, would hit them with a big move, he'd kind of, like, you know, look at the crowd, like, yeah, I, I did that, like, and they're booing him, like, this was... Yeah, just you know, pro wrestling magic all over the place. They, uh, you know, after the, the uh, media scrum, uh, Tony said that he didn't have any like plans for this as like the rematch for uh grand slam but uh yeah. very quickly changed his plans uh because uh, it was yeah. announced you don't put that, the top that yeah that ring in this rematch this was the kind of match where you call an audible and you say because like what i'm worried about as good as this was and as over as they are uh do they stay over when they do the match at arthur ash like was this the time to put the title on them did they miss their chance that's what i'm a little worried about i don't think so because the acclaimed are still really over. Yeah, but, I agree. Um, but, like, man, I feel like this is where you call an audible and tell them, hey, change the finish of the match. Yeah, I mean... Because that was just unreal. The, the the fucking false finishes... Oh, yeah. ...were huge. Like, huge reactions. Um, every little thing they were fucking... Uh, they, were, they, were, they were very, like, unique chants. Um, reg- you know, regarding yeah. scissoring oh, and daddy, scissor daddy and was... Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you then can't there were scissor like, chance to swerve. <laughs> we want scissors. We want scissors. <laughs> yeah, there was one part where they were saying like something about scissors and like um, 
Or they were they it was I think it was they were sing, singing Oh Scissor Yeah, me because Daddy it's usually the like all like Oh Bask yeah. in his glory for Keith Lee, but it was no yeah. Oh Scissor Me Daddy. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, Oh Scissor Me Daddy. And then like um uh, and then uh when Billy Gunn acknowledged it, there was just a huge pot for just a simple acknowledgement. <laughs> like people were just eating this up and yeah, I fucking this was awesome. This was fucking fantastic. Match of the show for me. Pro wrestling magic trumps any match quality to me and yeah i mean the crowd was this, super into the trios match too but like this was just like yeah. on a different level especially like yeah especially because of how surprising it was right like obviously these guys have been mm. getting good reactions and whatnot and we've talked about how like you know when they first broke them up like oh this was a mistake but you know they're, they're i mean I know they're still broken up i mean like i guess it's you know they don't have the we see where they're going there, now yeah. too yeah sure. we, we see where they're going with this shit now and uh it's um you know, especially with like uh, the ass boys. I can't remember what the, <laughs> the fuck ass they were kids. For a sec. Yeah, the ass kids. <laughs> the ass kids. <laughs> if if they were like yeah. an intergender group, then they'd be the ass kids. God, I just can't say enough. Like this was just pro wrestling magic. This is the kind of match to me. The pro wrestling magic matches are the ones that you would show people that aren't into wrestling that would be interested in wrestling. Yeah. You know, like, you know, sometimes they might be impressed by, like, the athleticism of some, but, you know, this is, I think, kind of the one. I mean, there was a lot of good athleticism here, right? I mean, like, everyone did pretty good here. Um, I think, you know, Bowens is probably, like, the star, like, performer, um, just the way he, like, sold and everything. And I don't know if you knew the story that he had worked in um, NXT, I think, but they forgot to yeah, give him a yeah. contract. <laughs> yeah, they forgot. <laughs> how, do, how, how do you like mess they're going that up? to? <laughs> yeah so he was like okay so there was a really great moment uh there was lots of really great moments in this match like the the um you know the false finishes obviously and things like that but also there was like the um the really great moment where like max coster went to pick up keith lee and he did a really good job of like showing oh, like yeah. oh i can't do it i can't do it and they built up, they built up, they built up. And this is classic. This is like yeah. Andre Hogan shit, right? And like, there was he fucking picked up Keith Lee and gave him a big fucking like, you know, fireman carry yeah. slam. <laughs> oh my god, it was huge, and it got such a massive pop, and people were going nuts. I think John Cena even posted like a fucking picture of it on his Instagram. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was such a fucking cool high spot of the match. And uh, man, yeah. Let's. I, I guess we'll wait for Davey so he can get yeah. his thoughts on this match. Um, sorry, I had to go take care of the kid real quick. Right. Um, so I didn't quite catch what you guys said, but the crowd was obviously super into this. This is what we were talking about earlier. I think to Swerve and Keith Lee's credit, and maybe reluctantly, they responded to the crowd's favor to the acclaimed by starting to work heel yeah. here. Mm-hmm. It took them a second. I thought they were a little reluctant to do it. I was wondering why they weren't doing it. And then they went into that mode. And that's when this thing became, all right, the crowd really wants the acclaim to win to they really want the acclaim <laughs> to win and they want you know, Keith Lee and Swerve to lose. And they were booing hard. Yeah, even after the match when they had like, you know, the uh, instead of a handshake, they scissored. Um, <laughs> but the crowd booed that. <laughs> they were not happy. <laughs> They shouldn't have done that. You know, they should have had, you know, Swerve do a variation well, on the Ric Flair gotcha fucking cool guy those walk. Keith Lee. Yeah. To, be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, yeah, they, yeah, they, they gave respect to Keith Lee and Swerve looked bothered by it and he Swerve didn't do it. So, 
Okay. There was fairness that was to, part uh, of it. Fairness to swerve, yeah. Okay. And we're gonna get okay, that we're gonna get um, the rematch. Yeah. I mean, like that was like it's obvious they need to put the titles on the acclaimed. One thing I brought up when you were gone, do you think that they missed their opportunity to put the put the titles on the acclaim at their hottest point? Or do you think that they'll still have like an insane reaction at Arthur Ashe? You know, it just depends, man. Um like did they fuck up by not calling an audible and being like, Hey, put the titles on the acclaimed right here for the big like huge moment and pop. I don't know that you necessarily change the finish by crowd reaction. You know, if you did that, uh, it would thwart your plans. You'd be thwart. Yeah, it might set like a pretty bad precedent. Mm-hmm. I guess you could do that once or twice a year or something, and there wouldn't be much of a ripple effect. I think you kind of did the right thing here by leaving the crowd wanting it. I didn't really like the post match stuff like that we just talked about. I think that Keith Lee should have pulled his hand back and walked out of the ring or did some fucking taunt shit. Maybe he just doesn't want to be heel. Or, again, there's a lot of heels in the company already that are, um, I should say, there's too many black heels in AEW, (laughs) not enough baby faces. Yeah. And we've covered that on the show. So maybe he didn't want to do that. But we'll see if the fervor continues in two weeks. But I think it's okay to have them lose here and not call the audible because that in theory, if this is real and not just a Chicago crowd thing on a given night, I absolutely think it's theory, real. We've seen them. Yeah. We've been seeing them get over. Not like this though. Yeah. This was this, this was, was like level. top tag team. This is the best reaction. This is like was FTR level shit when they were firing on all cylinders yeah, before the injury. Maybe drilled. bigger, if not, may probably bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if it um, plays out like this again. Yeah, I think it will. I don't know. I don't. And to be honest, I don't even know if you put the belts on them at that. That pro wrestling show. magic is really hard to, to, to. Con- it's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to kind of get a hold of, isn't it? To mm-hmm. kind of, I don't, I don't know. And that's that's the big trick in that business, right? For sure. Is fucking being able to to conjure that. So that's going to be an interesting match, just from the crowd perspective. But you know, we obviously harp on the New Japan thing, and I guess they're allowed to cheer now. And it just shows what a crowd can bring to a match and how it can transform a match that would be okay. It's pretty good to. I thought that know, match would have been good no matter what, but yeah, yeah, it would have been good, but not great. And I think it be it, the crowd elevated it from good to great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And not and not just great, legendary. Because I was thought, but like I was also talking about like the. You know, they had great high spots. The matches were good. The, the the false finishes were obviously well planned out and stuff like that. Like I think the match would have been a lot better than we might give it credit for, even without that reaction. Like there was that great high spot where, you know, um Max Caster worked for the you know, the big fireman's carry. That was huge. Yeah. Huge. Oh yeah, it was this was awesome. This was my favorite match on this yeah, card. So Same here. From Same. <laughs> Monster Pop seal of approval right there. And I'll eat crow because I thought this was slapped together at the yeah, last Yeah, you weren't minute. looking forward to this. <laughs> Mm-mm, no, not at all. Do you I, think I thought it was going to be an afterthought. I did not expect this at all. Did you think that do you think that like um as good as it was, do you think that it could have been anyone besides uh, as long as the acclaimed was in it? Like do you think they could have had this match with like fucking well, it, it would have had to be the, you know the the belts being yeah, on the line. Yeah, I'm, I'm true. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't I, I don't honestly know that it could have been anyone else because, like, I mean, FTR, I imagine that would get a reaction, but, like, that might be a 
different kind of reaction, right? Like, I mean, and, you know, with FTR in their current stage, we want them to, like, kind of work heel-ish to, like, feed into that. Yeah. Uh, or just, like, them just being over, kind of, like, overshadow the acclaimed. Maybe the, the maybe the Bucks um, in that spot, but, you know, it would have kind of been weird with the, uh, just their more recent booking. But, yeah, I think this could, was... Could you just put some warm bodies in there? Like, no. could you have done no. Lee Johnson and Lee Moriarty no. or something like no. that? You don't think so? I don't think so. I I, I feel that. I, I agree with you, I think. Because I, I think that, you know, like, you know, to uh, Swerve and Keith Lee's credit, they did really uh, they did a really good job of working the uh Yeah, mm-hmm. they sure the did. Keith Lee was absent from a big part of this match. <laughs> he just needed to be there to be, like, he just needed to be there to be the fucking, like, crazy moment for Max Caster, honestly, and then... Swerve did a lot of the work and he was really good. He did he was he's a more natural heel than Keith. Yeah. And uh like that Which was Which is why I was like so impressed great. with when Keith started kind of acting heel because he's like I I haven't seen yeah. him heel. I don't think ever. I'm sure he's worked heel, but I have, <laughs> but but that would have been and, you know. <laughs> yeah, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next up, uh this was a super tough act to follow and uh, the crowd was a little dead for the beginning of this so you know poor women as always Britt baker versus hikaru shida versus jamie hater versus tony storm for the interim aw women's championship uh so the big story here is uh near the end where um jamie basically has uh taken down tony she is left for dead and Britt pulls her off or pulls the ref out. I can't remember which. One. I can't remember if she yeah. pulled her. Yeah, she pulls the ref. She pulls yeah. the ref out right before the yep. three count. And uh, Jamie is not happy. She gets hit with a move. Um, Britt tries to pin her, <laughs> and uh, that ultimately gets stopped. And Tony wins with a uh, DDT. Uh, and this is kind of like what I was talking about a little bit with like you know in slight defense of Ty Conti with the Ty KO. Um, I don't know why Tony doesn't just go with her like storm zero or whatever she uses more to win matches like i think the ddt f- feels a little flat as a finish yeah i think you're right i don't know if it if i was suffering from hangover from the previous match i think this really showcased what i know these women could do i don't know that hater was at her best here i don't know if the match was designed for that it seemed like it was all just designed for this yeah. closing angle and for that was the, the best know, part Tony of the match. The yeah. yeah, yeah. So I wasn't ecstatic about this, and I, I in fact I thought the tag match with these four on um, was it Rampage was a, a lot okay. better. Yeah, I can kind of see that because this had a lot of like kind of typical old schoolish stuff. Like Britt was like outside the ring for most of the match, just kind of like yeah, I'll let Jamie take care of him. Um, they take out Sheeta and she comes back and, you know, with like the baby face fire up stuff and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, it, it felt like it was kind of by the numbers and this is sort of, um, you, when you were talking about this when we were watching it, that you have, that it's, it's kind of tough with how good, like the quality of like the average match in AEW TV is to have like a match that feels like pay-per-view quality. And this didn't necessarily feel like it was better than some of the free matches that you've actually seen from these people. I think that there were a lot of matches on this card that felt like I think this could have be been a TV match, you know, with a big angle. It felt like this could have been a TV match for the title change, and then it would have set up a big yeah. Brit and uh, yeah, Britain. It would have set up you know the big Britain Jamie match. Yeah, maybe. Do you think that's going to end up being a grudge match, or is it going to be over the belt? Hard to say, man. You know, they 
you know, Tony's down to play the long game in these things. Sometimes yeah. he waits so long that they don't happen because someone yeah. gets hurt yeah. or something happens, someone gets suspended. Uh, well, speaking God, of Jamie, uh, so waiting good. so long that's, uh, that injuries happen, <laughs> uh, Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry, formally introduced as that uh, in his thing. Um, there, during Christian's entrance, uh, he goes up to uh, Jungle Boy's family, tries to flirt with his mom, his mom smacks him. Uh, then when Jungle Boy comes out, Luchasaurus, uh, he's like looking for him, and then Luchasaurus comes out the heel tunnel, beats the shit out of him, power <laughs> choke slams him into the uh, grate, uh, the grating, and you see that those marks on his back. Uh, <laughs> Christian does this look to the camera like uh, it's hard to describe, but it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was excellent. Uh, it was subtle and it was good. Yeah, it was good. then the yeah. match uh, itself was twenty seconds. Uh, Jungle Boy gets in the ring. Christian hits him with a spear and kill switch and wins. Uh, hot take: This was my second favorite thing on the entire show. It was so, <laughs> w- it was so well done. For um, what it was, yeah, Christian, I didn't really like this. Yeah, Christian was amazing. Take, yeah, because I think this should have been a TV angle. Like it, it, this it felt like TV. But it was, it was big though. It was like a really big moment, and like it had pay per view stuff. Like it had pay per view caliber stuff to me because when it, when Jungle Boy came out. He looked different. Like he he just looked different to me. He looked like he actually is evolving as a character and as a as a as a human. Like he looked older, looked more of like a man. He he has the name change. Like he was standing tall on the ramp. Um as just this fucking conquering hero babyface finally going to get his hands on the heel. And then he dealt with the betrayal of Luchasaurus. He called it. Blackface and it was so was a bad guy. Yeah, and it was so good because when he got when he got choke slam on the grating, it was so like well done. Like you could see, like his back was all fucked up. Like you could mm-hmm. see that oh, he, he, had, bleeding, he had he yeah. had grill marks, like fucking yeah. grill marks all down his back, and it it made it so good and believable. Christian being a smarmy piece of shit was awesome. His family being at ringside, and then like the you know the part where he he fucking hits that uh, he hits a move. On, jung- on Jungle Boy, and Jungle Boy kicks out, and it's fucking huge. It gets a big reaction. And then he fucking takes his time, and Jungle Boy does such a fucking brilliant job of selling. Some of the best selling I've seen in my life of him just, like, being almost dead. Like, like he did a really good job, like, picked up his lifeless body. And I started thinking, I thought, like, the first time I saw it, there was, like, just a lot of shocking stuff. And, like, oh, I can't believe they did this. And I was shocked that they had such a short thing. But when I watched the second time, like, I noticed all this stuff. And it was just so fucking brilliant. And then he hit the fucking finish and everything. Like, this was the second best thing on the show to me completely. Did you say Christian was already injured going into this match? Yeah, apparently he has a tricep injury. You thought this was better than the trios championship? Yeah, I did think it was better than trios champions. I thought it was, like, better than a TV angle. I thought it was, like, a really, like, high-quality version of a TV angle, if that makes sense. Yeah, I see. What and you're like, saying. and like, it was like a really like fucking solid. And you don't. And it, to me, it was good that it happened on the pay per view because you it, you you don't expect it. And it was more and shocking. It makes it feel like, like even though it is more of an angle, the it realism, feels really yeah. Time if it's on the pay per view, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I just like especially after the second time I watched it, like the work, the quality of work that went into this whole thing was so like it was so perfect. It was stellar. And to, yeah, it was the second best thing on the show to me. If it wasn't for that pro wrestling magic and the acclaimed match, it might be the be- the best thing to me on the show. It, there was just so much evolution. They took a huge step in the feud. 
Um, I didn't think so because I I'm, I thought it was pretty obvious that Luchasaurus was. I did too. To be I did too. Christian, but like, so it's just a matter of time. So I didn't think it needed to really happen. I did too. Video. But with the with the like with the combination of you know Jungle Boy's evolution, his new name, the family being at ringside, the fucking selling job, the fucking how well like like how realistic it was because of the grill marks on his back, the betrayal like even though that we knew that was coming. The betrayal of, of his of his friend that he's had since the beginning of his fucking tenure there at AEW since the day one, yeah. You know they're one of the original fucking AEW people. Like the betrayal there, it was just it was fucking great. Like I just can't get over how good it was. Yeah. We knew we knew that the that the the Luchasaurus thing was coming, but we didn't know when, and we didn't know everything else was going to happen. We didn't know that he was going to get choke slam on some fucking steel grating. We didn't know this was going to happen in front of his fucking family. We didn't know any of that. I mean, other his shit. family's already been on TV for other. Yeah, but it's not like and, it's yeah. it's not like you expect it. You know, you were. Ex- I and mean, then, this like, was. I think then, people were and, expecting and, like a coordination type angle, not this. I didn't. And yeah. hold on. And when you have somebody's family on the show, and then you have their family at the pay per view, usually it's so you can see a nice moment. Yeah. When the fucking heel gets their comeuppance. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And Usually you would expect like a coordination yeah, type moment. Y- yeah, it, exactly. And you didn't. You saw him get fucking shit on at a big pay-per-view where he was finally supposed to get his retribution in front of his fucking family. That I didn't just, expect it on the pay-per-view. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, personally, that. personally, second best thing on the show okay. to me. I thought the Kenny Hang- Hangman stuff was fucking. I thought I, it was, I, I thought it was good. But I thought it was great. Don't get me wrong. Ph- phenomenal match. Great reaction. But yeah, it's for to me this stuff. To me, this stuff is what makes me like pro wrestling the most. Okay. Is just the fucking like is like the fucking pro wrestling part of it. You know, the thing that makes it pro wrestling and not just a sport. Fair enough. As much as I love that stuff, I love that stuff too. I love great matches. You know, I love Tomorino or Ishii and stuff like that. But the things that. Tomohiro really, Ishii I thought is like, you loved Ishii because of his like famous angles. I, and... Yeah, I mean, to, I mean Tomohiro, not even angles, but like Tomohiro Ishii has that pro wrestling magic. He has that fucking thing that makes you believe in him, mm-hmm. and like uh, not just good matches, not just good awesome athletic matches. It's like he has that thing that makes you believe in him and react to him, and like he has like incredible psychology. He has those things that I'm talking about that makes pro wrestling pro wrestling. Yeah, I thought the pre-show actually had a higher batting average than the main hmm. card. Really. Because I thought every match was, good. I thought every match on the pre-show was good, and I don't think that was the case okay. for the main. Well, show. Um, gotcha. Real quick, we did have another angle. Uh, Alex Marvez with the best friends Death Triangle. They'll have a match next week on Dynamite. Uh, turns out that would be for the title, but that was not initially planned. We then have Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson. We open up with a live performance for Danielson's entrance. This is this was horrible. <sighs> What's this the name me, of the singer? This made me like Danielson less. So the thing is, too, <laughs> I remember get... like, like when he came out and like we had we heard his entrance for the very first time. We we're like, oh, this like rap bit like kind of ruins it. <laughs> now this accentuates it. Yeah, like okay, like even the rap bit, like whenever he first debuted, he didn't have even have the rap bit in it. There was no vocals in it. It was just like the, and I'm just like. This doesn't say Brian Danielson to me at all. Like, what is this about? What What is Brian Danielson about this fucking I song? It's so weird. It just doesn't it, fit. But... Yeah. I mean, yeah, he wanted, like, you know, the, the fucking Bumblebee song. or Not the Bumblebee song, the Flight of the Valkyries or whatever. Yeah. And, like, um, it was, yeah. Then when it had the fucking vocals, I always thought it was just, like, some woman singing. <laughs> 
And it's not even, is it rap? It's just somebody going, <laughs> like, it's not even rap. So, like, all this time I thought I was a woman. And then this guy, this fucking, like, malnourished dweeb comes out and just the most embarrassing music performance I've ever seen. I would have rather seen Kid Rock, Limp Biscuit, Downstate, all those oh, shitty dude, new, no, like, no, I would have rather that seen. That just says a lot about you. I know, I would have rather seen all that shit than this fucking weird dork standing on the ring bringing Brian Danielson out. Holy he sucked, shit. but not that bad. It wasn't that. I mean, he sucked bad, but not the standard. What's this guy about. called? I don't know. But uh, but you're, but you're just busted for being a fan of this guy. That's what you are. Listen. <laughs> I've got the tapes. Oh my God. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I hope you don't. But, um, uh, the match itself, <laughs> this was definitely not bad, but I was a bit let down by it. Uh, this was actually the longest match on the card, which I was a little surprised by. Um, like obviously Danielson's really good, uh, and Jericho's really good, especially in this uh, Lionheart gimmick. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was good, but I, I expected to be kind of blown away by it, especially after that uh, Jericho Moxie match. And I think it was probably worse than that one. Yeah, it definitely wasn't to the yeah, level it, of the Moxley match. Definitely not. Which is weird, man. What is going on with Danielson? I think they. I he could. Who knows? It, he could have a little injury. He's nursing. Um, he may not be a hundred percent. You know, from his in, from his injury that he came back from, could be. You know, I mean, it wasn't so much I'm that not, I thought that. Like, I think because that Jericho match with Moxley was a little bit more about Jericho. I felt like where he did a lot more. Where here it was, I think Danielson was in control for most of the match until like you know, kind of the finish uh, with the low blow and Judas. But it was, I don't know. It just kind of felt like it was a, sort of a, just this transition from like move to move, and it wasn't as. It didn't feel like. There was necessarily as much work outside of a few spots. I think they were trying to do like a vintage kind of seventies style fucking maybe seventies. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a like a big seventies style. It didn't like feel that. Holds. It didn't feel like that, but it didn't quite feel as static as some of those matches are. And again, like I can, I appreciate a lot of those matches, but you know Harley Race and Terry Funk type stuff where. There was a lot of mat work and a lot of working for stuff. They were working very classic style here. I, I guess that's they, what they yeah, were Yeah, they for. were. I don't know about 70s. That's a little far back, but maybe like early 90s. And it, you're, I mean, you, you might be right, but I'm just saying like you could see those guys hearkening back to some of that stuff. It wasn't quite a static, like I said, but I think they were trying to put on more of a classic style match. There was the whole Stu Hart thing and, you know, the dungeon shit. I think that played into it, like old school. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's why we kind of saw this. But I'm with you. I don't know if Danielson is um, back all the way from that. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, his matches with Daniel Garcia were good, and they were better than this. But yeah, I think that's that's just right. kind He's of it too, right? It's like it's sort of like both performers we've seen put on better TV matches than their pay per view match, so it's a little weird. I, and like I don't know, but this is not the Danielson that we've seen, you know, in the past. Yeah. That, yeah, just real fiery and like, you know, real strong looking and angry mm-hmm. looking and just firing on all cylinders with all of his shit. Really, we haven't seen that since he's been back. And that's kind of that's kind of what I mean. Hmm. I feel you. All right. Next up, we have the House of Black versus Miro, Darby, and Sting. Um, we're on the street as this might be uh, Malachi Black's last match with the company. Maven granted his... Uh, 
I can't remember what it's like a provisional release or something, but uh, he's he requested it because he has like some like mental maybe physical health issues. They didn't really play that into the match much. Uh, there was like a like a bow and like you know hug from the House of Black after the match, but um, on TV we don't or on you know the pay per view we didn't really see that. Uh, I thought the match was fine though. Um, it's kind of what you'd expect out of like you know these six guys in a match. I mean, I expected way crazier, honestly. Maybe like Darby never like... really like hit like that fever pitch that he typically does. Um, but Sting won with the black mist, and uh, Darby uh, got the pin. Yeah, on Malachi, yeah. he put over somebody, which is like respect, yeah. respect, respect to this man. Also notably during this match, Jr. <clears throat> uh, called Buddy Matthews a player. Not sure why, but yeah, that was weird. I mean, I guess he means like a, like a you know like a I don't know. But it sounded like he was talking about like a like the fucking like oh he's a player, he's fucking a lot of girls or whatever the fuck. Well, it's kind of weird for like this gimmick, right? Yeah. <laughs> this brooding emo guy is like oh man, this guy's this guy fucks. Yeah, it was another one that was um, lackluster and felt like it should have been on TV. And I know they built the Sting thing for a while, and I know we were supposed to care about that, and that was supposed to be pay-per-view quality. However, it's felt TV to me. Yeah, yeah and that's fair. I, th- I feel like, but I, th- I think the TV matches were better. Yeah, and Malachi Black not being happy, you know, saying this mental health issue. Yeah, the mental health is like his mental health wants him to go work with Triple H, who sucks his dick. Well, it's a provisional yeah, so he, uh, yeah, release, so I don't think he's allowed yeah, to go. Yeah. Well, he'll be allowed to go after a certain amount of time. Oh, okay. They can't hold him up forever. Does his spouse work yes, at... she does. Uh, she does? Who know. is that? His, Zelina, uh, Vega. Zelina Vega. That might have something to do with it. Who knows? Did he ever get a singles match on a pay-per-view? I don't think so. AEW? I don't think so. Like He had a tag match with uh, Andrade versus uh, Cody and Pac. I was so shocked they didn't just do Black and Cody at that pay-per-view. Yeah. Because they should have done that tag match on TV that week. It was so weird. And then I think the best House of Black death triangle match was it even full on House of Black or was it just was it just the Lucha Brothers versus um Brody King and Malachi? But it was on a pre show. I and I thought I thought that was the best pay per view. No, match it was the full was on one. That tag match you on had, the uh, did they run that back twice? Because they they did I like Lucha so, Brothers but, with like Redbeard. And then they did it with Pac, I think. Well, the one that was on the pre-show, I think that was back in November. I think that was at Full Gear last year. Is that right? That's a, um, I have no yeah, idea. I think it was. And I thought that was the best match that he ever had on a pay-per-view. But it's just weird that he didn't get a singles pay-per-view match. Oh, no, no. The, yeah, it was on the pre-show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, because they had, they had, awesome. they had one on Double or Nothing that was actually on the pay-per-view uh, because that last one was so good. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So man. that's actually what I expected here is the, to have that match, and that's that's there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's like those when you have like a really great match that you can run back and it be good. Like if you're like known for that kind of thing. Like remember, I guess that would be an ECW thing. Like uh, like Guido and uh, that mixture between Guido, Super Crazy, and Tajiri. Remember, like how they would yeah. run that in different ways and stuff. And like yeah, that's true, but. You know, they brought this guy in. They have him beat Cody's ass. It looks like he's going to be at least hovering around the main event scene, and then he never gets close. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, though, too, because, like, with, like, Cody, like, it's hard to say, like, where he even was on the card at that point, too. But I get where you're coming from. 
and they were still doing the gimmick where he couldn't. I still think he was a top draw for the company at the time when Malachi beat his ass. Even though the fans were turning on him, he was, it was still Cody Rhodes. He was still they weren't the turning on him guys. quite yet at that time. So he was definitely more of a draw. It was, yeah, it was about that. Remember, about yeah, the remember time. he teased yeah. his retirement yeah. and then came back with black yeah. hair. <laughs> it was about that time, and he. Um, but I still think he was like a top, you know, top five draw for the company at that time. Yeah. Do you think he was like he was kind of his own worst enemy on that? Honestly, like he wanted to do like his like he wanted to be creative and like do his own thing, yeah. like do the stuff that he wanted to do. So he You're wanted, talking about Malachi. Yeah, or Cody? I'm talking about Malachi. I mean both, I guess. But yeah. no, I'm talking about him like specifically because I mean he was doing you know he has tagging with Brody King and PWG and he wanted to like do that I guess and you know I think that was like his own. Like, and that's cool if they fucking make a run run at the tag yeah, titles, but like they have a big match against FTR like, or something. Did they he didn't. He didn't need his unstable. If they were gonna do something like with him, he could have done something else. But I I feel like maybe he went like too too ham with like the the stuff he wanted to do, the creative stuff. And um, well, you can do we the talk, creative stuff. We talked stuff, about that before you, and how like confusing yeah. it got. And like, are these guys yeah. House of Black? Are they the Knights? Are like what the fuck is they're this? both? And uh, there was a lot of communication issues but what it ended up being is that he never went anywhere on the card and just spun his wheels with a lot of those vague morkborg fucking (laughs) uh promos that did nothing for me yes yeah you know talk vaguely because of that like and compare that to like the reception like the mirror promos get where like you know they're also very much like this kind of you know over the top larger than life thing but like everyone talks about the mirror promos and i know they don't do anything for you but a lot of people Every season a lot better. Everybody that one problem that everybody that does those kinds of promos, their fucking storylines move at a fucking iceberg pace, yeah. and they don't get anywhere. Yeah. And that might be a problem. I mean, Bray when Bray Wyatt did that shit, same thing. His fucking stuff moves so slow, and like you lose interest before the fucking match ever happens. There's, there's just nothing. Yeah. There's nothing that builds those matches that makes you go like, oh, I gotta see that match. Because they're so fucking slow. Even if they're good. Like like that one tag match, it fucking surprised everybody because it was so good. But like that was a surprise. That had nothing to do with the build. And then we also know that he had an injury somewhere. Yeah. But it's just shocking that he never had a big singles feud with somewhere uh, with someone that ended up on a pay-per-view card. Yeah. And he's and, good. He can you know, he can have those kinds yeah, of matches. Yeah, 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 and for sure. And and they he got a lot of TV time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, they just, he just toiled with, you know, the death triangle feud for what seems like his, no, it wasn't his entire run, but man, it's like half of his run and they just never really did anything. And you had yeah. the, did we even get a singles match between him and Pac? If, if so, it was on TV. Yeah. I don't recall it though. And like, that's the thing too. I mean, feuding of Pac is also not really an ideal situation when he's like not in the country half the time, it seems. Yeah, it's true. Next up on the card, um. Well, before the main event, there was a brief uh, interview with uh, Tony interviewing Garcia and Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho was mad Garcia didn't celebrate with him, and he let him down. Chris said that, well, he won't be there to help him with his uh, title match, and Garcia gets very mad. This Well, this is also like, it's like a lesson like that he's trying to give him. Like, again, he's trying to like impress Daniel Garcia. He's like almost, like, almost a father figure, like kind of. Yeah, he wanted him to be there to cheat, and then like... Daniel Garcia was like, what, "Well, why, he did cheat. He did the whole." Why are going to be there? Was, that was why he was. Oh, that's mad. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. And then that takes us to the main event: uh, CM Punk versus John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. Uh, I think one guy here uh, tried 
to make this a really good match. And the other, um, I mean, injured himself and also just kind of sucks. Are we sticking with the story? He injured himself in this match and not in the fight. I fucking people people who were there said that you could. He was like selling his like elbow when there was no reason to do it and whatnot. So they're thinking off of that uh, suicida. So people are really thinking that he injured himself there. And they're saying it's a tricep injury. So why would you sell your elbow if they said it was also a pectoral rip too? So if it's your tricep and your pec, why would you fucking sell your elbow? Well, there was no reason to sell your tricep anyways. I mean, your elbow is just below I your... I think it was like he might have landed you know, there. It's just below your tricep, but it's not know. your pec. Did he grab his pec? Did he grab his titties? <laughs> My pec. There was some titty grabbing like, on Dynamite, but... That's right. <laughs> there was some titty grabbing on this show, too. There was like a, a spot where in the in the, in the the women's four-way where Tony Storm got up off of uh, Jamie Hayter and put her full fucking hands pressed down on her tits to get up. It was so weird. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Anyways, All right, yeah. So the match itself, it was. Uh, what did we think of this? Okay, it was kind of a mess. And you know, if he injured himself, that's one explanation. I mean, the way it was put together is that they teased that you know Punk was going to get mocked in similar fashion to how he got got in the unification yeah. match, and he was going to get a quick win. Hits him with the GTS pretty early. But Mox kicks out. I'm surprised they didn't do the opposite and have Mox hit him with the fucking Death Rider early and then, you know, tease that he was going to get beat quick. Yeah, I feel like that might have worked a little bit better. Yeah, with the crowd. The the match was okay. The the match had, like, the the crowd was definitely there for him. I mean, it's it's punk in Chicago. What would you expect? Um, But, yeah, it was fine. Um, Like, quality-wise, it definitely did not quite live up. After the match, of course, you have the Joker reveals MJF. They, They introduce it with, like, this Tony call, like, the Tony Khan call. Let me, let me, let me, before you move on, did this match feel like a WWE main event? Yeah, a little bit. I can see that. You know I what mean, I'm it saying? Literally, it literally could have been a few, you know, Yeah, like <laughs> it felt like they were working the WWE main event style minus the blood. It, that's what it felt like to me. Punk got the mask here instead of Moxley for a change. Or Moxley didn't bleed for a change. He I was just that offended that yeah. by that whole uh, bit when uh, Punk was We're like, so oh, mad Punk. at PM Punk. We don't. I also feel like we're so mad at CM Punk. We're not even want to give him credit for anything. And the, but so I'll give him a credit for. Yeah, before that, I wasn't super. I I was into this because you know I was intrigued by everything, but I wasn't necessarily thinking that he was really good in this. You know what I mean? I and I didn't fair. think that. Oh my god, this match is fucking outstanding. It wasn't quite. I mean, I thought Moxley was pretty good. He didn't do anything offensive, but Punk again at times. Just I compare him to Glass Joe all the time. And I think I mentioned this earlier, but he started throwing these worked punches, dude, that just looked so bad. Oh, my God. What is he fucking doing? Well, and if he's getting injured in, like, every match that he's been in, you know, he really is Glass Joe, right? Like, Yeah, good Yeah, good yeah, point, straight up. man. You know what, man? If this is the end of CM Punk's, you know, return to wrestling, financially it was a success. But as, you know, just wrestling fans who appreciate the sport, is, it, is his return pretty much a total failure no no i wouldn't go that far depends on how much enjoyment you get stuff. out of the drama too i guess yeah <laughs> you know, if, if you enjoy that he stuff got... like then his return is like a smashing success right um as far as yeah. like you know, just like what you see on tv the quality of that stuff i mean bell to bell though he also had some really good stuff with like kingston and yeah like the mjf feud was really good and like he had yeah. some good moments like not just moments, but he had good like feuds, like whole feuds. 
So I wouldn't call it a failure. I think, and it would have continued to be. It would have been an ex- continued to be an ex- success if he didn't fucking pull the shit that he did. Oh yeah, like, this is a kind of off tangent, but uh, I was thinking about the first time he was injured with the foot. Do you guys? Uh, did you guys hear what actually caused the foot injury? Because we were kind of thinking it was when the he so was dive it? into yeah, the, the crowd. Yeah, the fucking stage dives. Yeah, that's what that's what we were speculating. Like, what an idiot! Like he did that. Fuck. And you then, saw and, and him if, pop his fucking foot on the shit. If he, he did the. But then he like made it worse by like jumping around in the match, and he was doing springboards, and he was stomping, and he pulverized the, the broken bone. Springboard. What was funny yeah. too, and I think it, I can't remember if it was on the pre-show or just some like road two thing that uh, Mox's promo against Punk is like enjoy him while you can. Fragile mind, fragile body, fragile ego. It's like, man, what, so prophetic, what a prophecy man. right there i did enjoy the kingston match yeah that program was short i enjoyed yeah. that that might have been really his best mjf that might have been his best match honestly maybe the best match the mjf program was his best program i don't know what to make about the summer the, the summer of well the not so summer <laughs> the fall of, of we made, well we, 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 yeah we didn't get yeah, yeah we didn't get to see the summer of punk but maybe we'll see the fall well, not of if punk. he's off tv for eight months so <laughs> or longer I mean, he botched all over the ring in the fucking hangman. Oh match. yeah, he was terrible. This is the guy. This is the guy. Hangman should be going to it for advice. <laughs> there was another match. He was really rotten in. Um, it was, it was on TV, <sighs> and he none of his TV matches were very good. But there was one. Was it his was trios so match with FTR? Was, that was really bad. But that's when he hurt yeah. himself. No, it was a singles match. I don't think it was the uh, Hobbs match, although he wasn't very good there. It was something oh, else. He had a um, he had a TV match with someone. And it was just fucking rotten. But at, at times, it just looks like I remember thinking, "Get this guy doesn't look like he should be able to beat anybody, let alone top guys." Like I mean, it just and we commented at the time, like only in wrestling can you fucking look this bad and and you know be <laughs> successful. <laughs> Because you're a name, you know? He sucks, yeah. fuck it. I'm just... So yeah, that's, that was the pay-per-view. I think overall pay-per-view was pretty decent, but there was I think there was just a lot of fat that could have been trimmed or just didn't quite live up to uh, pay-per-view standards. Absolutely, yeah. See you later, Punk. I, I would love to see him stick around and... Uh, you would love to see him stick around. I see what you did there, buddy. <laughs> I, I, would like to, I would like to see him stick around um, and do business and he needs to fucking figure out his ego problem because he's he, that's not he, he's like he what, helps 47 com- he helps the com- 43 he helps the company a lot and that's a big deal he's just i don't know man like he needs to figure out his ego situation and this this he i hope he sees this as a fucking like like last straw like a last fucking uh like maybe this is a wake-up call for him like so he gets the title back which i guess you know that it was probably going to be the plan for him to do something again down the road with MJF or to do something, whatever the plan was. They obviously intended on kind of resuming that after he gets the belt back here between the injury. Do you think he knew he was injured? So he thought, let me just go ahead and sell this shit. Cause it doesn't fucking matter. Cause I know I'm going on the shelf. It might be he's that petty. Do you think he would have done that if he wouldn't have hurt himself and knew well, that he, he clearly had it planned, right? I mean, be like, on TV. he, he, he he had the Cabana thing planned, but I wonder if he meant to go off on Hangman yeah, and, and the Elite. Like I don't, that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, because that's like that, that's that is sort of an interesting angle on this, right? Like, how planned was it to like just go all out and like? Did he know like, oh yeah, like shit, I'm injured again. Like, 
Uh, well, so then we get then we get the we get MJF. Yeah, yeah MJF. Like, so he wins stuff. the title. Yeah, MJF comes out. Uh, well, before that, that he's playing like this call from Tony Khan, as if like you know Tony Khan's like, oh, you know, you need to come back. I'll pay you, and he beeps out the amount of money. Yeah, it's the voice. It's a voicemail. Yeah, yeah it's this is an awesome touch because it's like CM like uh, MJF would be the one to gloat something mm-hmm. like this, and it's it's yeah. really well done. You get a big yeah. pop because people kind of know who it is. You get very little. Uh, mjf chance but people still don't know for sure so there's it doesn't fully go this is really well done because we well, like, get the video of um you know him taking the mask off and putting the scarf on that he turns around so like they they but they still again they still don't but they do this thing where they do this thing really good thing where they it's kind of like a stair step kind of a thing and it, you get multiple pops so you get the tease with the fucking tony thing you get the tease with like showing him from behind and he says something and then you get the then you get the fucking scarf so he puts a scarf on in the video and people are just like there's like a stair step of fucking like pops yeah. right so when he puts the when he puts the, the scarf on you get a big pop but then that's it so you assume maybe he doesn't show up live mm-hmm. right but he, but he reveals that it's him pretty awesome and then uh then his music fucking yep. hits, and it's a fucking monster pop. Oh yeah, like it's fucking in Chicago crazy. where he was a mega heel. I mean, he's he's always been a mega heel yeah. there, especially with the punk feud. He, he, yeah, he comes out. He doesn't say a fucking word. Um, he's flipping off the crowd. They still cheer him, and they cheer him over CM Punk. Like they're chanting MJF, MJF, and like he should fucking, you know says that he's going for the title and people are going crazy for for MJF and they're cheering him over CM Punk in his goddamn hometown. This is badass for sure. Unfortunately, a bit overshadowed by all the news that came, you know, from the, you know, the punk drama, but uh on Dynamite, he fucking fixed it, yeah. man. That's how good yeah. that's how good MJF is. For sure. This fucking rolled. It just goes to show that this guy can be the biggest babyface in the company and he can do it all. He wants. <laughs> Yeah. And he can do it without being like a cringe, like like when, when we talked about this a little bit earlier. When CM Punk did did uh, babyface stuff, he went babyface, and it was cringy. MJF did this promo on Dynamite, and I, we're going to get to it in a minute. And it was like this is what MJF would be like as a babyface, and it was pretty good because he was still kind of like a smarmy asshole, but it was like, but he was saying all the right things, but still being like, I don't know, it was fucking awesome. We'll talk about dynamite and stuff on the next episode, and even more updates on uh, what ha- what's happening with all of this shit. It's pretty insane what's going on right now. I asked before, you know, we started recording, but you know, I figured, you know, maybe you've changed your mind. Would you like to send off pop, perhaps the end of CM Punk's wrestling career with your cover of his entrance theme? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. no. See you later, CM oh Punk. Uh, I mean, why- it's like we're gonna see him later. Yeah, see you, see him, fuck off, bitch. <laughs> like, Colt Cabana rules. <laughs> see him injure himself and get suspended or fired. Um, I think he'll be back. What do you guys think? Uh, I think he'll be back, yeah. yeah. I do I do think he'll be I don't think they're going to fire him. I think he'll be back. He needs to put somebody if he's over. Gone, I mean, he's gone for he eight months. I mean, like, that's enough to maybe, like, cool things over and whatnot, too. I think that it's totally manageable. If they fucking came into his locker room, he might have a reason to fight there. I think the person that actually had... Like, people are saying that A. Steel should get fired. 
but he's probably the one guy that had like the best reason to fight and that's if his wife was in there and there was just this crazy brawl happening uh, there's if, there's might, more rational ways to handle that if get her was, out of there if, if you if you cared about your wife you just if you care about your wife you're not throwing a fucking chair yeah it's less likely she gets hurt if you don't fucking start physicality if you just go over and get her the fuck out of there fair enough what if he gets his ass whooped and then you know yeah. who's gonna protect her then from the big bad elite who's gonna go go over and hit her with the a big, hit her with a bt his wife was already in another man's locker room it doesn't get any worse than that well she was taking care of the dog <laughs> sure. they're, they're like old friends oh, yeah. or whatever yeah they're good friends <laughs> in a fucking bubble the love sponge hulk hogan type fucking relationship <laughs> okay. man um <laughs> Well, yeah, I think he'll be back for sure. And I just wanted to note to note that he has spent he's won the title twice. Now they keep trying to make him the champion. Yeah, I'm God like I, that's damn. like I was wondering, like, do you count all the time that he was injured? Because Yeah, he actually spent two weeks, I think, as a champion. Yeah, they technically say he had eighty seven days week and a half. as a uh, champion because he technically had Okay, but it, yeah, not yeah. undisputed. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well Nothing. so hardly so any I, days. Okay. It was less than two yes. weeks as undisputed champion. Yeah. Well and he's never defended the belt as undisputed with champion. With that said, there was a time where I was like, Man, the wrestling business is really missing CM Punk. I don't feel like that anymore. If we lose CM Punk, nope. I will never I won't miss him at this point i wanted to see him come back because i wanted to see how they would do it and what it would be like i think everybody agrees everybody shared that sentiment except for the people that just straight and, hated him and i want AEW and, to succeed i do i really yeah, do. And it was big for them and it was neat and then once you got into the meat of it and saw the reality of it you're absolutely right we saw what it was like now now that mystique is gone now we know for a fact wrestling doesn't need this fucking guy all right and well based on his stage dive skills again he doesn't listen to the good shit so <laughs> well see you later cm punk yeah. may your wheat be filled with mini monster pops dude catch you later yeah, yeah. see you guys <laughs>